Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2015. I am Ryan. With me always is... James! Uh, Brad isn't with us this week because he showed Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van at the Starfest 2015 film festival fan thing. <laughs> I forget the name of it, but yeah, he was there showing cool. his film. Cool. And that's good because I thought he said he wasn't going to show it anymore and he's showing it there and he might be showing it at Denver Comic-Con. I'm pretty sure he'll show it when people want to see it. Yeah. Just going to throw that out there. So if, you, if you'd if really like to say, see JCVD, you will probably still have another opportunity. Yeah, just I request mean, it. Yeah, just ask him, and yeah. he'll be more than happy to show it to you. Um, here's a couple releases for Denver Comic-Con that happened this week. The Denver Comic-Con announced the Breckenridge Brewery's beer this week Ooh. is Hulk Smash. <laughs> Um, it will be available at select taps around Denver leading up to Denver Comic Con and also obviously available at the con. I remember uh, every year don't uh, they usually sell out of it really fast. Yeah, they do. So th- the first day you're there, and remember this year is different. It's The con is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different. It's not Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Right. Because Monday is a holiday. Yep. And it's going to be awesome. Yep. And so, but also, I'm going to go ahead and the, the release party for it is going to be Friday, May 1st at the 1UP on Colfax. Uh, we'll host the Hulk Smash release party featuring DJ N810, DJ Carmelo, 90s cover band, The Gin Doctors, and the last show ever by Total Ghost. Hey, we know them. Hey, yeah. And if you want to get, make sure you get there early because the first 200 people there receive a free pint glass of the Hulk Mash. Cool. They, they always have really cool names. I think last year was it Bruce Wayne? Yeah, I think so. And then that's it. Was, it's, it's, I think that was last year's. Uh, Did I tell you that I bought the um, I bought the Hulkbuster Lego set? Huh. Oh, dude, it's really cool. I have, it on, I have it on my desk at work now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's really neat. I need <laughs> anyway. to work at a place where I have a desk so I can put a Hulkbuster Lego set. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. <laughs> it comes with a little, um, uh, oh, whatever they call it, uh, Ult- Ult- um, Ultron Prime, you know? Mm-hmm. He's got a cool, he's got like a, anyway, it's a neat little set. So That's awesome. Uh, the beer is a delightful pale L made with mango puree and mosaic hops. It sounds mild mannered, but don't be fooled. Mosaic hops produce an aromatic punch of mango, lemon, citrus, and earthy pine scents. Loads of pulverized mangoes heroically balance the hoppy aroma and flavor. <laughs> mild mannered. So every year, too, the Denver Comic Con, the it's they don't pick the name as some fan picks the name. Uh, this year, Jonathan Cooper won Hulk Smash. Cool. So good for him. And if you're looking for the availability of the Hulk Smash, you can find it at obviously during the Comic Con. It's also be at the Breckenridge, Colorado Craft, Hard Rock Cafe, Hyatt Regency, Marlowe's, Paramount Cafe, 
Pizza Republica, Tarantula Billiards, The One Up, Colfax and Bodo locations, The Tilted Kilt, and World of Beer. So make sure that you hit these places up because it won't last long if you really want to try it because it will go fast. Cool. Also for Denver Comic-Con, Karen Gillian will be at Denver Comic-Con. Oh, shit. Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Hell yeah. So uh, she's very pretty. So (laughs) that's awesome. Hopefully, uh, maybe we can get her panel. Who knows? Dude. I mean that that's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty she's cool. she's a pretty big little uh star. Yeah. Is she even little? I think she's like five ten or something. Uh sure, why not? I really like when her arm gets a bit backwards and then she bends it forward again and then she fights. That part's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's gonna be in Guardians too. She will be. So keep an eye out for her at Denver Comic Con. I was on the Denver Comic Con website and they are almost sold out of passes, so make sure you get passes extremely soon because it's six weeks away. Yeah. It always comes up so fast. Oh, my gosh. Always so fast. Yeah, if what's you- interesting is that this year, um, partially because of the way that it moves around and also just because of the way that time works, um, this year we will go to Denver Comic Con before we'll celebrate our anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Because because yeah. the first the first Comic Con we had just barely hit a we, year we, we made the it was like within the a cut. few weeks yeah and yeah so we'll be there and yep. we'll uh, try to get some people on the show we have some interviews coming up from last year that we can't wait to put up yeah it should be lots of fun if you're out and about in Denver this week here's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. You're not interesting to anybody. I don't see anybody applauding you. Well, it just makes me so goddamn mad. I think their asses ought to be kicked out in the alley if they're interfering with me. I didn't come here to listen to some idiot. I can hear that anytime. I can just walk down the street and hear that. If they want to yell out in the street, okay, I don't sit with it. Understand? Is it a thing? Is it a crime? Loving you dear like I do. If it's a crime, then I'm guilty. Guilty of loving you. Awesome. So there's a there's a couple things. Merle Martin presents Up in Smoke. Uh, that's a Cheech and Chong movie. I'm guessing it's probably on 420. Would be my guess. <laughs> probably. Um, the IFC at the Alamo is Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, which is are they just showing episodes of it? Or? Uh, yeah, it's a little uh, comedy show on IFC. Cool. And I- I'm I'm sure they'll have specialty things for that because yeah. uh, they usually do for the IFC. They also have a double feature, Straight to Hell and Walker, with Alex Cox. Walker. And it's in 35 millimeter. So very cool. I like that name. Walker. Oh, you'll be interested in this one, James. The Mono okay. X Chiller presents Alien. Oh, shit, yeah. Be there. And It's Gonna Blow, San Diego's Music Underground, 1986 to 1960, 1996, with Bill Perrine. Perrine. So lots of stuff going on this week at Alamo. Different stuff. That's why it's always cool to go onto Alamo's website 
And if you hit on their calendar, some dates they don't have because when there's major film releases, they kind of have to see how many showings that they're going to do. Yeah. But throughout the week, they always have really cool things. And this week is no different. Speaking of which, I needed to buy some Avengers tickets today. I know. They are selling out so fast. I know. We should hey, talk about in, that after the trouble. show, which one we're going to go yeah. see. Otherwise, we'll end up just going to see Walker. <laughs> no, we're going to go see Avengers. <laughs> um because, uh, you know, it's also our 200th episode, so yeah. we're going to have to think, uh, and after this, maybe we'll brainstorm and think of something cool for our 200th episode. Yeah. Um, that should be lots of fun. Yeah. It should be, if we can think of something uh, think of something fun to do. <laughs> I, I can't believe 200 episodes. It's insane. It's insane. Er- Actually, more than 200. Today, I mean... Well, technically, yes. Because <laughs> um, we never count the film explosions. But the um, uh, the funny thing is, I was looking at, or like earlier, an episode was going up, and it was it was titled you know 198 or whatever and i was just like holy shit like how has this happened actually this week's episode is 198 mm-hmm. um and you're wondering like what are these guys talking about they're talking about lmo talking about denver comic-con every week the real nerds podcast we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world this week was a different week where um obviously the big movie i guess is paul blart 2 oh yeah and um with no desire to see that yeah we kind of dug deep and we decided to go see True Story, which stars James Franco and Jonah Hill in a uh, murder mystery. Yeah, it's a, it's a crime drama. Very against type. And they both play serious characters. But I was also thinking as I was watching, I said they could easily like just spoof this and be silly. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but if you want to know what we think about that. Make sure you stay till the end of the show. We'll review it. We'll play the trailer and then we'll spoil it. And make sure you definitely, if you want to see this movie, yeah. after the trailer, stop listening to our show before you continue because there's lots of little minute details that we'll be spoiling. Yeah. And part of the fun of watching movies like this is the story that unfolds. Agreed. So that's what we do. We also talk about stuff we've been watching, comic books. You have a comic book this week, James? Uh, no, I don't. Cool. I'll, <laughs> I, I have this really goofy one that I, I think will be funny. Cool. And I talked to Andrew. Andrew is um, not going to be working his second job in a couple weeks. And he'll be appearing on the Ant-Man episode, which is July 17th. Oh, He said shit. maybe, but I'm going to say he's appearing on it, so he has to. Is Ant-Man really July 17th? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's so much sooner than I thought. Yeah. Huh. So I wonder uh, if there's a, a trailer that came out in the last two weeks that we should talk about. Maybe. So <laughs> make sure if you have a question for Andrew, you submit it to us. And so we'll also put more pressure on him to be on our show oh, July 17th. Yeah. Because I have, I've actually been talking to him a lot when I've been going in there. Because I'm always fascinated on how he orders comics and w- if when he realizes a sh- uh, something is big. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Right. And how he goes about ordering second issues. Because, you know, the first issue is always going to be so big. Right. Um, we've been having this conversation about Spider-Gwen because Spider-Gwen was so big. And I was actually shocked this week when I got, or last week when I got my previews, because previews prints the top 100 comics of last week, or last month. And the number one comic of when Spider-Gwen number one came out was Orphan Black number one. It was the most highly ordered comic that month. So I didn't know there was that many Orphan Black fans, but I know it's a big show now, but I didn't know it was that big. Yeah. But hey. Good for I, them. I didn't like it very much. I know you didn't. I remember you talking about it. <laughs> and you talking about not liking it made me never watch it. Yeah. Way to go, James. Maybe I'm missing out on a great show. You might be, but I don't think you are. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we do. We talk about movies. Have fun. Cool. Let's get into it. Cool. What do you want to do this first, James? Uh, let's do some news. Oh, sure. It's real news. 
which trailer do you want to start with? Did you see the teaser? For, oh, I think we talked about Ash versus the Evil Dead. No, I didn't. You did oh, see well, it? I saw... Are, are we talking about the thing that was just like a motion poster? Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. That got me excited yeah. because that means it's real. <laughs> so someone has invested money in Yeah, this. this is like a month ago, but I yeah. still thought it was awesome. No, it is. It's, re- it's pretty cool. cool. So let's talk about uh, real trailers. Okay. Um, um, here, we were talking about Ant-Man, so let's start with Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man. Okay. Uh, this trailer is way more successful. Yes. It conveyed the tone of the movie a lot better. Yes. I can't wait to see this movie. I I can I can wait. Um, it well, you're gonna it, have I'm, to. I'm definitely a lot more interested in it. It's not like it didn't blow my mind. I'm still a little bit nervous. Um, there's something just about the tone mm. that I just feel like um, like I was worried about the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy until I saw the trailer and went, "Oh shit, they found it." Mm-hmm. And then this one, I was sort of worried about. And then I'm watching the trailer and going, "I'm still kind of worried." Like there's there's cool fun stuff in there. Um, but the problem is that as funny as it is to have them fighting like on a toy train set, it doesn't feel like there's any weight to that. Like it doesn't feel big and epic in the way that you kind of want a Marvel superhero movie too. Have so, you seen the it'll be interesting. Publici- publicity still of him fighting the yellow jacket though? Um, where the I'm yellow sure jacket's like really huge and then like Ant-Man's like going up to punch him. Oh it's no. Pretty sweet. Cool. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still really hopeful. It's just... Honestly, it's the most nervous I've been for a a Marvel movie. Hmm. Getting like when, once we were seeing stuff, I was super nervous about Thor and I was super nervous about Guardians until I saw a trailer, and then I went, "Oh yeah, you figured it out." Yeah. Um, so this is the first one, and and I'm sure I'm colored by knowing the history of it. Um, but this is the first one where I've seen two trailers now, and I'm still kind of like, "Ooh, I'm I'm, I, I'm a little I nervous." I still think that it's the toughest superhero to sell. Oh, totally. Because you're talking, and I'm actually surprised they put it in the trailer, where he's able to communicate with insects. Yeah. And he uses them to help him. Yeah. And I mean, that's pretty silly. And it's not It's not that it's the toughest, like, I think Guardians was tough to sell on paper. Like, yeah. to say, like, hey, you're going to sell this to my mom. Yeah. Here's this movie with yeah. this talking rodent. Um, it's, this one I think is the hardest to sell on screen. I, that's like, to I really mean, make yeah. the story convincing and compelling I think that's the thing that's going to be the, the so most see. difficult. So I know they're uh, uh, Kevin Feige was talking about. They had a lot of Marvel stuff. Yeah. I don't know, where was he at? That they're doing all this Marvel stuff. Know, dude, they're all over the place. Uh, um, oh, they're, I think they're doing publicity for Avengers. Yeah. yeah, and you know he he was saying that this is a really good movie and people just need to give it a chance. Yeah, well, and I absolutely will. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I can see some hesitation about I, it, but it could. It could be, it could be that if this were the first trailer I'd seen, that I wouldn't have these mm-hmm. hesitations, right? That if they hadn't really like missed up the of first time, mo- like push that one out too fast. Yeah, the first one because when that one was released was December, so it's still like eight months away. Yeah, so you really didn't need it. Well, and it was just it was one of those things where when a fan can literally just change the music in your mo- in your trailer and make your trailer better, it just feels like you didn't try. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Um, how about, uh, did you, did you watch that leaked Batman v Superman trailer? Uh, I watched the official one. Oh, good. And I tweeted the official <laughs> one. And again, I'm not a fan of Frank Miller. <laughs> so all I see in the, in this trailer is Frank Miller's influence. Yeah. Um, sure, whatever. I'm, I'm on the same page. Like <laughs> I, I watched it when it leaked and then I watched the official one and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of dark and brooding. Um, it doesn't really convey, like I said something to my mom about it today and she was like, wait, they're going to have Superman and Batman fight. 
Like, why? That doesn't make any sense. And I was like, yeah, you need to, if you want people to go see this movie, and I don't mean people like me, because you all know I'm going to go see this movie. You want my mom to go see this movie. And if you want my mom to go see this movie, your trailer needs to explain to her why Superman and Batman are going to fight and not just because it's going to be cool. And this... That's all I got from it. This doesn't do that. And to... You know why Captain America is a great character? Yes. (laughs) I know you know. (laughs) I'm going to tell everybody else. Because when he doubts what America stands for, but still finds the reason why America is great, Uh is what makes Captain America great. And you can say he's a Boy Scout and he's all this stuff, but he's a conflicted person because he's also, he's taken from a time he doesn't belong. Yeah. And he's put in this world and he doesn't want to be a spy and it's, you relate to him. Sure, he might be a super soldier, but he's still a guy. Yeah. Superman... Is the hardest really character hard is the, her- ha- the hardest character to write in comics. It's actually easier to relate to a uh, a talking rodent than it is to relate to Superman. And this trailer, the my biggest thing I didn't like about it is I don't like when they make Superman bad. Well, it's not even that he's, because it's not interesting to me. It's not even that he's bad. Like for me, I don't know why they didn't just. When you watch a trailer again, every shot of Superman is like from either below looking up at him, yes. or people submitting to him. True. And so I, I said this when we were talking about The Dark Knight Returns. And again, with the comic, I have the same issue. But literally, they have Superman killing people in it. Right. And that doesn't make Which, Superman interesting to me. I mean, that's what happened at the end of Man of... Well, it, it's one of the controversial things that happened at the end of Man of Steel. is like a whole bunch of people probably got killed in this huge fight. Yeah. And if you just picked up from there... Like, I don't, on its face, I don't think the story is that bad. Like, oh, okay, so Superman shows up, fights all these people... A whole bunch of people probably die. There's all this damage done. And now there is this, like, godlike creature. And Batman from a completely different city looks at it and goes, we need to put that thing in a cage. Like, mm-hmm. that's a cool idea for a movie. Yeah. That's not really what they sold in this trailer. No. It's... Like, they're selling us this weird alternate universe feeling thing where there's, yeah. there's statues and sects of people who, you know, are really into Superman and people who don't like Superman. Yeah. And you're just like... I'm I'm losing I'm losing track of this, um, yeah. and when you compare that to something that we'll talk about and what, we, what we've been watching, um, something like Daredevil, where you can have it be grungy and dark, but have it feel like a real place. Uh, for me, it's really obvious which one of those is more effective than the other. Yeah, so, and again, I'm not. I'm still going to see the movie. It might be really good. Oh, oh, yeah. totally. But here's the thing, and I, and I still really want to see Batman fight Superman. Yeah, like. Again, yeah. but I, I have a problem with Frank Miller, and that's all I see in this trailer. That's all I see in the imagery. Yeah, there's a bias there. Uh, there that's all I see in the imagery. And when people – I'm going to get hate mail of this. But when people keep on telling me – the more you tell me that Frank Miller's a genius, the more I don't believe it. <laughs> because <laughs> right. I just I just don't buy it. Yeah. To me, I, I don't know. It's just because you want to make him dark and brooding, whatever. But yeah. I don't like Superman like that. I'm not a big Superman fan. Right. But – I mean, I the, like the, it. I like it if he's conflict. conflict if the is character fine. is conflicting, I mean, where like some people trust him and some that's people why don't. I love the scenes in Man but, of Steel with him and uh, Pa Kent, Kevin Costner, right? Because he was telling him, "Yeah, you might be conflicted. Some people might not be able to deal with you like this." Right. I like that stuff. Right. But when you're just making him this god and yeah, I don't know. But and, here's the thing: I think Ben Affleck looks great in it. I you know I do too. there's that one shot this, where he like walked out of like the Batwing or something. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, the suit looks really cool. Um, the The Batmobile looks like the tumbler from the back. Um, not crazy about the Batwing, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean the Batman stuff looks cool. Don't like the glowy eyes, but that's just personal taste. Um, 
Yeah, and I think the Batman voice is kind of cool too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was funny. I was reading a th- I don't know where I was reading it. It was Variety, THR, were somewhere. Yeah, and they're like, "What's up with Ben Affleck's voice? He's disguising uh, it. He's yeah. No one has figured this out yet. Everyone wants to complain about Batman's voice. Like every superhero does. But this. here's the thing: like, except he, for Spider Man, the thing he's doing different. You know, Christian Bell was like this, right? And this isn't even. I'm sure this isn't even Ben Affleck's choice. But in Affleck's Batman, it's like he has a voice modifier. Yeah, it sounds like it's robotic, which makes sense. Yeah, it makes way sense. Yeah, and I mean, and the, you know, the bat especially suit the, at the, the end. guy's really famous. Like the difference yeah. is that with a lot of other superheroes, um, they either they'll they'll hide their voice or, or be a little bit like just deeper, you know, mm-hmm. or they don't hide their voice at all because. Nobody knows who Peter Parker is. Yeah. Like Peter doesn't have to worry about people recognizing <laughs> yeah. him. He's just a kid from He's Queens. He's just some kid, <laughs> yeah. right? Like he probably could, he probably you know hides his voice when he, you know, he runs into Gwen Stacy and he has to pretend like he's a whole lot manlier See, than I he is. I don't but think he does that. I don't think I don't think so either. But I'm just saying like you could if you made a movie where he was trying to hide his yeah. voice, maybe he he would do that. But um, but it would only be for like comedic effect, right? Yeah, I'll still give the movie a chance. I'll obviously see it. Oh, dude, yeah, it's still a year out, but it has a big like Zack Snyder Watchmen feel to it, like yes. a different reality. Um, and you know yeah. that statue I didn't like, whatever. But yeah. it's still at the end of the day, the last shot where Superman comes down and then Batman's gonna fight him. It's cool. I'm on board. I want to see Batman fight Superman. I'm on board. <laughs> even though in my mind, like my mom said it today, she was like, "That's so stupid." Like Batman loses. <laughs> Like, come on. This is my mom. Like, the only things of Superman she knows are, like, the movies. Yeah. You know? And she's right. And she's right. Yeah. There's a great... I've been talking about Batman Endgame. Yeah. In it, he's attacked by the Justice League, and he has contingency plans for each Justice League member. Hmm. So, Bat, uh, Superman, he has uh, armor with that's has, like, kryptonite dust on it. Of so, he's he able is. to fight. Uh, Wonder Woman, it's something else. The Flash is something else. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Like, I think that's cool because he realizes these guys are, you know, superheroes and gods. And it, that's cool. So if, if they're able to convey that in the film, right on. So let me ask you this. And why is it Batman is... V? I hate that. Batman V <laughs> Superman. Why does this be Batman slash Superman? Yeah. I'm not going to call it. When I buy the ticket, I'm saying I want one for Batman Superman. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to say I want one for Batman um, Dawn of Justice. Let me ask you this: Do you think that the end of that movie is them fighting, or do you think that happens I think in the, the first beginning. half? Yeah, I think it's the very beginning. Yeah, you think that probably what we saw in the trailer is the first act, or maybe first half of I, the movie. I, I, I would say it's the first act because yeah. this is—I could be totally wrong, yeah. but my guess is Lex Luthor or whoever the other villain is is portraying Superman as a bad guy, and then Batman steps in to f- stop him, and then they have this like epiphany, like, "Oh, wait, we're being." you know, lied to by the same oh, guy. Oh man, you like, you like grilled cheese sandwiches and I like grilled <laughs> cheese sandwiches. Let's be friends. Let's go eat some shawarma. Yeah. Oh no, this, no, fuck them. They're not that creative. Um, yeah. And then they're going to end up, and then like Wonder Woman shows up and Aquaman and they're all like, ah, hey bro. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. They high five going yeah, into the sea. Sounds like fucking garbage. Totally. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, but I like that better than if, if the end of this movie is them fighting, I'm going to be bored for an hour and a half. Like, two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Like, if the last 30 minutes are them fighting, then I will be bored for the first two hours of this movie. I hope not. Um, because here's the thing is you don't have to reintroduce either of them. No. Everybody knows who Batman no. is. Yeah, please do not. If you have a flashback where his parents are dead in an alley, I will throw shit at the screen. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't need every that. every Batman I think I've ever seen. <sighs> yeah. Um, before you get to the, the one you're talking about, did you see the next trailer? Did you see the new Terminator trailer? 
No, I didn't. Oh, you haven't? No. I don't know if I should spoil it for you. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. The new Terminator trailer blew my fucking mind. Really? Yeah. Like, it's better than the original Terminator trailer. Yeah. I mean, because I... I I actually didn't hate the original Terminator Genesis trailer. Neither did I. I loved it. This one, actually... So, remember in the original Terminator Genesis trailer, the bad guy was a T-1000 um, cop who instead of Robert Patrick was just some Asian guy. Um, but you find out who the real villain is. And oh, you're going to... Oh, snap. And so people on the show have probably already... I'm going to talk because you're watching it. Okay. So, uh, the real villain is one... John Connor. And you don't look what? Back. Yeah. So, uh, you could talk about what you're watching right now. It's okay. So, so there's the noose going off, and then, uh, and then a bunch of stuff is blown up, and there's John Connor, and he's all scarred, and then there's a T-1000, uh, or a T-100, I should say, and then he's sending them back. They're fighting. There was one thing I could never prepare. Okay. The machine tried to rig the game. Send a Terminator back to the time before the war. Right, which all of this we know. Great podcasting. I'll go back. Yep, this is just brilliant. Po- I'm probably going to cut all this out and put the trailer on top anyway. You should. <laughs> you should say as soon as I say, have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Come with me if you want to live. So kind of the same right now. Yeah, totally the same. You know why? We've been prepping for you to arrive for over a decade. We. Oh shit, it's Arnold. The Terminator. It is nice to meet you. I've been trying to teach him to blend in. I know it needs work. John. Hi, Mom. How can you be here? What are you doing? John! Oh shit. What have they done to my son? Survival is what you taught me. That's what I was saying should happen at the end of... I know. Salvation. But he's a bad guy. Get out. Not machine. Not man. I'm more. I can't leave him. Whatever they did to John, we need a reversal. Everything's changed. We are humanity's last hope. Load up. I've been waiting for you. You gotta get him off me! I'll be back. What? Okay. So this new tr- this new story seems even more convoluted as shit, and I'm totally on board. Yeah, it's funny. I was reading an article in Entertainment Weekly this week, and it actually takes place in three timelines: 1984, 2017, and 2029. So it bounces back and forth between all of them. Huh. And I mean, having John Connor as the villain is awesome because it totally huh. makes sense now that the that changed the whole universe. Because he made a choice that he should have made at the end of Salvation yes. to become a Terminator. Right. And that Terminator corrupted the system or something. Yeah. And now he was sent back in time to kill. That's awesome. To kill Sarah Connor and the Terminator. I fucking love that story. I, I, yeah, I don't even know what's going on, but sure. Sounds great. <laughs> and look how advanced that Terminator is. He is like, why? Oh, because, well, because he's. So if he believes that he is the future evolution of man, but there are these people in the past who are trying to stop the war. 
then he would never like that yeah. would never happen. So he's got to stop them from stopping Judgment Day. Yep. Oh and snap! Right? How awesome is that trailer? Like, Seems I, cool. Whatever. I'm it's some crazy bullshit. I'm like whatever. For the movie. It's the only movie that I want to see on July first. So okay. Yeah. Oh no, we're gonna see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like people hold T two on such a pedestal. It's okay. When you really take a step back, the story's not that good. I still think the first Terminator is better. Um, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> um, I think it is. But... Are you talking story wise or, or action wise? Story wise. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, T two is great because it's one of the greatest action movies well, yeah. ever made. But it's not like the story isn't precious. Or, no, I mean, I mean, it shouldn't be. Um, I mean, the story is just him protecting John Connor. There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The f- I w- I would probably argue that the first one story wise is better. Um, I just remember sort of being more bored by it, but um, I liked it. the second one, the second one, cr- like basically fucks up a lot of the universe, mm-hmm. um, which is why I always like the third one because it it unfucks up a lot of the the <laughs> universe. And then the fourth one was supposed to be cool, and then it wasn't. Now, there's just some cool parts in it. Oh, there, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. It's the ending that's fucked. Yeah, yeah. I, I still am excited too because it looks like they're actually going to show the war that I've. I mean, they hint yeah. at it in Salvation, but they really don't show it. Right. Well, that's what's wrong. Yeah. Salvation was supposed to be a movie where he, as a robot, gets out, meets Kyle Reese as a young kid, and they road trip through the war to to end up, like, very end of the movie is fight their way through. They meet John Connor. John Connor is Christian Bale. John Connor gets shot and dies, and they take Christian Bale's brain put it inside the brain of the Terminator, put Christian Bale's skin on the Terminator, and now John Connor lives forever. Yep. Like, that's what should happen. Yep. Or not even with the brain, honestly. Actually, if I remember, yeah, my argument was that they should just take his skin and put it on the Terminator, and John Connor is actually dead, but the idea of John Connor lives on. Yeah, because it's more powerful than John Connor. Right. It's so cool. Yep. God, why aren't we Hollywood writers? Oh, my gosh. Cool. So what's the the most important trailer that came out this week? Uh, we got a trailer for Star Wars. Chewie, we're home. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> Seeing Han Solo. Like, seriously. It's at the very end. It's so good. And you see the Millennium Falcon. I don't care. Oh, man. It's, but, no, it's a solid trailer. Okay. It's a really, really and how tight great trailer. Is, I mean, the opening shot, is it going across Tatooine? And all of a sudden, there's that downed starship. You're like, oh, every, awesome. every shot of that trailer is like... <laughs> a gorgeous background for my computer. Yep. Like, it's so cool. And there's all these characters, and you're excited, and you're like, hey, we're in this universe that I really like. Um, I'm, yeah. And the voiceover's great. Like, really good idea for the voiceover. Well, yeah, because, you know, Mark Hamill's such a great voice actor anyways. Well, and there's, so it's a subtle thing, right? So, with the original Star Wars, right, you got the Force, and there was mm-hmm. this belief that, like, anyone could have the Force, right? Mm-hmm. And then George Lucas fucked all that up and was like, no, you have to have midi-chlorians and some bullshit. And I was like, what the fuck's a midi-chlorian? Right, and nobody gives a shit. Okay. And then in this one, you have a trailer where he says, and so do you, but doesn't tell you who you are, because you is the audience. You could have the Force, too. Anyone can have the Force again. That's what he's it's, saying. It's like the end of Buffy. Yeah, it's totally, Ooh. yes. It's exactly like the end of Buffy. So anyone it, with the potential could it, be a Jedi. I think the most in- interesting um, visual was Darth Vader. Oh yeah, because I mean, obviously, at the end of Return of the Jedi, they burn his body. Right. Does someone steal it? Right. Ooh. Well, or, or, I mean, if it's burned, it should all just be ash. It would just it would just yeah. melt out of that suit. Um, yeah, but the image is you know a broken Vader mask with a skeleton in it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So who knows. Um, it's funny, uh, Brad put out a, an interesting tweet cause there are people talking about like, you know, 
um, because of the way, because he, he says my father has it instead of had it. Um, and, and there are people like, Oh, his, his dad's still alive. Well, you know, he could just be a ghost. Also, it's just a neat turn of phrase. Like they're paying homage to the original yeah. line of dialogue. Like that line of dialogue may not even be in the movie. Yeah, um, it's, uh, I, I but, doubt that uh, that Vader is in this movie. And here's what I like, too, is... Yeah, yeah I don't see, want Vader in the movie. No. You see all these, you know, cool character moments. But you also see little fun bits in it. Yeah. You know, Chewie, we're home. That little ball droid peeked oh. around a corner. It's like... Meow, meow, meow. Did you see B4 at Celebration Star Wars? Uh-uh. Oh, my gosh. They brought him out on stage. That oh, thing is awesome. real. That's awesome. It rolls. It's cool. It be, it, I mean, it was right there with R2-D2. Just like, here's a real thing rolling around. They, yeah, they built it in Boulder. Do they really? Yeah, yeah. It's a company in Boulder that makes these cool little rolly robots. Uh, they make the Ollies. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's so, so cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's so cool seeing all this stuff because all the haters, I remember when they announced this movie, they, they would say, oh, it's not going to be done by December. And you see it. It's oh, done movie, now. It's done. It's probably in a can somewhere, like just sitting that's, that's, what I mean. that's that's hyperbolic. It's not. But well, still. I mean, it could be because here's the thing: is I I was, was just doing CG stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was reading a lot about the process of making movies now, and when there's huge action scenes, a good example is Iron Man three when he is uh, fighting on or Tony Stark's mansion is attacked. Yeah, because they knew they wanted that um, shot. It actually they were making it a year before they started filming the movie. Oh wow! So if you know even pre-production if they know what they want it to look like you know maybe some space battles they right. probably started working on it already oh totally and then they just put in the actors well especially the things that you know that like in in that case they knew that that was going to be a really really tough shot mm-hmm. um and that's why they started cging it early and you can um, see a, a great example too is the jurassic world trailer mm-hmm. where you saw it for the first time and then you saw it again and then the cg was way better mm-hmm. and they added more stuff more details yeah. Oh, so. yeah. I'm sure that at this point, like, you could watch the movie from beginning to end. They're just cleaning up CG left and right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's so cool. It is. I'm it's, super excited. I, because I already love the universe and that it's coming back makes me super stoked. Yeah. Because it's, it seems like a, a director who should do it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because and, it's, and it's just the right care is being shown to that universe. Like, yeah. seeing those new characters and, and just the little moments that are in there, it feels like, oh, these are these are going to be, like, well-fleshed-out characters. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Oh, man. Um, when no. you're – I said it last week. My dad is a huge Star Wars fan, so I'm going to try to get him to come and see the movie with us. Oh, that'd be Because cool. he never goes out and sees movies. Yeah. In fact, the last time I took him to a movie was episode three. I so, bet he would love the Alamo. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, sit That's there, get a beer. Like, like, oh, man. I'm like, Dad, you can get beer and their wings are good. My dad likes wings. Oh, yeah. So he can get a beer and some wings and enjoy Star Wars without stupid people. And actually, you know, every time I've seen Star Wars, people have been really cool. Yeah. I don't mind the people clapping. I love no. when they cheer. I think yeah. that's fun. I don't like it as much if they cheer like in the middle of a movie when a when a character shows up or something like that. Like uh, I I don't like that as much. Like I remember when I saw Return of the King when Aragorn gets his sword. Mm. Um, I remember people cheering and I was like, Nah, come on, you guys. Like we're all trying to. We were, we were in the movie and now we're not. You See, know? yeah, the last movie I loved when people cheered was <laughs> it's been so long is Spider Man Two. Yeah, and when Peter. And Doc Ock fight on the subway. Yeah. Well, and yeah. he stops the subway and falls over and he saves it. People were clapping at the end. I'm like, oh, that's an effective scene then. That's yeah. like an effective moment. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, what else is happening in news this week, James? Well, I want to ask you an interesting question because sure. I've been thinking about it this week. Um, so, okay, it's it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I know I want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So there is this part of me, and I've done this before on other movies, where I feel like I should avoid content about the movie. Yeah. Um, just so that I don't spoil things for myself. Yeah. Um, but there are movies, and this sort of is one of them, where, A, A I just don't know if I have the willpower. But there are also movies where... Um, I kind of, I don't want to be too surprised. Like I mm-hmm. want to know a little bit about what's what yeah. I'm getting into and what it's going to be, and like tonally what I'm going to get, and like you know I, I want to have a little bit of knowledge going in so that that way you know they are they are building the marketing and especially in this case they are building the marketing to sort of um, prepare me for the movie, right? Um, are, have you ever done that where you've avoided the? Yeah. Um... You know, I I I can't remember. Maybe the last movie that I remember doing it for. That's a tough one. I do it sometimes for Spider Man's, yeah, because I don't like the hate that people give the character. Sure. Um, so I avoid that part of it. I also here's the one thing I do avoid though. I don't watch clips of movies. Yes, I don't either. I mean, we. Uh, what the hell is that? Uh, he's just oh, he's, pu- pushing he's, he's just pushing the toy okay. car around. <laughs> um, you know, when they, there's like, oh, see the first five minutes of Avengers. I won't watch it. Oh, no, 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 you no, know? no, no, no. But you're right. With Star Wars, I want to, I do want to know. I, I, I want to know. I want to know the characters. And is, I, it might be the universe. Is there ever a point where you like, like this is one where I would watch the trailer every day if I, if I could. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a point where you've watched the trailer a certain number of times where you're like, you know what? I'm memorizing this. I need to stop. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, is what I'm. That's a, what ama- I'm afraid amazing, of. Amazing movie. Spider-Man too. Oh, yeah. I would sit there and go back and watch. I'm like, oh, is that Gwen Stacy falling through there? And I'd, <laughs> I'd watch it again and I'd break it down and and then I'd stop myself. I'm like, well, I, yeah, I, I know. I have a feeling she's going to die in the movie, right? And I want to, and I'm guessing she's dying in a clock, right? And I want to be surprised, but I watched it so many times and I'd watch what how the Green Goblin looked and yeah, but I'm a dork like that. But right. yeah, I mean, yeah, I've. Because this is one, I mean, you know, we've talked about the fact that I did that for Prometheus where I didn't see the trailers at all, um, which I think was a good idea. Um, but there are just some, like, I mean, this is one where... You can't where, help it. Yeah, yeah, this one I can't. Spider-Man, I can't help it. I look at, like, costume designs on Spider-Man yeah. and stuff like that. And Star Wars, I'm the same way because I want to know, like, I want to know more about that bad guy, you know, who looks at the camera with his lightsaber. I'm like, I want that. I want to know more about that guy. And I think it's when there's, when there, when it's something original... Or mostly original, and I think there's some kind of mystery to it. That's when I want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if it's a superhero thing, it's like it's a superhero thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of know what's going to happen. If it's Star Wars, I kind of know what universe I'm in, and you know, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I just thought about it because it's it's one where as I watched the trailer a few times, I was like, you know what? Should I not watch this? Like, should I just? <laughs> See it a couple times and then not watch it again. It's hard though, and I'll but... tell you, like that Star Wars trailer. When I'm going through my Facebook feed or I'm going through a Hollywood Reporter feed and it pops up again, I watch it. Yeah, oh, I me mean, too. I, I, but you're right. I don't know if I should stop because right. I, I've probably seen it six or seven times. Uh-huh. Because I'm trying to look for the like I said, you know. Oh, I love the little part where the little ball droid sticks its head out. I mean, yeah. really? That's, but that's the, the thing. Love? This one is it's all tonal stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not it's nothing that I think would really spoil moments. That's what th- those are the ones that I'm bothered by is where there's either jokes or or little things in the trailer where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that moment will be spoiled for me in the movie sure. now. 
Whereas in this case, like, what could I be spoiled by? Like, how was the last movie that hit so many beats that I couldn't? Like, it seemed like I watched the movie. Uh, I, oh. I've always, I've always called on Despicable Me for that one. Where, yeah, Despicable Me got off to a really rough spart- start for me because the first five minutes of that movie are the trailer, and I'm like, really, you're you're gonna make me re- sit through this thing that I saw forty times this summer? <laughs> like, fuck you. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I was just curious about it. Yeah. So. Did yeah. you watch? Did you watch the version where somebody had supercut the the teaser trailer and this trailer together? Uh uh-uh. oh, that was pretty cool. You son of a bitch! I'm gonna look at that when we're done. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make you watch the trailer again. Um, very, right. very last piece of news that I wanted to talk about is uh, Dominic Cooper, who plays um, uh, he plays Tony Stark's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, Richard Stark? Richard Stark. I think sure. it's Richard Stark. Anyway, Tony Stark's dad uh, in the Captain America movies is cast as Jesse Custer in Preacher. Um, so do you believe they're actually going to make this now? Uh, no, <laughs> not until I, not until my butt is in the seat and like it's actually airs. Yeah, not until it is starting to come on. Am I going to believe <laughs> that it's going to really happen? That's awesome. Uh, I still feel like this is going to fall apart at some point. Um, like genuinely, I'm not just saying that as a joke. Like I don't think I'm going to see this movie. <laughs> um, but I mean, they they're talking like it's they're AMC serious. TV show, isn't it? Uh, no, I thought it was. Oh shoot, I'd have to look at it again. Maybe I don't know. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Um, you just know this cast. I, yeah, I just know the cast. It's an interesting. I've only read a few issues of Preacher, but it's an interesting choice to make a film or series about. Oh, but, absolutely. And even his casting, like I think he's a good actor. I, I'll be interested to see what he looks like. He seems a little smaller to me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem, and I don't. I don't see him being gruff. But I think that's because I've always seen him cleaned up. Like. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to see them sort of like put a good five o'clock shadow on him, and and make him seem like you know like a western star. Like well, that's what it is. Like yeah, the, the the truth is, if you cast it well, you would go get young like Clint Eastwood mm. uh, or somebody Clint like Eastwood's that. son. <laughs> yeah, sure, um, Scott Eastwood. No, <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, Scott Speedman. He's it. Go get Scott Speedman. Scott and Speedman. <laughs> um, is that really his name, Scott? Yeah, he's in that Longest Ride movie. Uh, oh, is that him? Yeah. Oh. He kind of looks exactly like Clint Eastwood if you look at him together. kind of does. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I I feel like if your name was Clint Eastwood, you would have a really na- hard time naming your kids. Yeah, well, I was, re- I was, fine, I was reading an interview with him. He actually went by a different last name because he didn't want to be cast yeah. because of his last name. Sure. And then when he got the job for The Longest Ride, they said, you know, you should really make it East- Eastwood because... You look like him, you sound like him, and it's, you know, an honor. And he's like, oh, yeah, I should. So he went back to being Scott Eastwood. Well, at least at that point he'd been cast in a, yeah, he, you know. Yeah, he's already cast, I guess, and then it makes it okay. Right. Um, yeah, so anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Or, or we won't, because it might not happen. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kevin Feige for Marvel said that uh, Spider-Man will be Peter Parker. Oh, yes. Oh, and, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh some people are upset and here's here's the thing peter parker can well, be black are upset yeah like what he can be black it doesn't matter yeah i've had this argument countless times it yeah. doesn't matter he could be indian he can be asian whoa now you know it, it, it doesn't matter who <laughs> yeah. he is the oh, character yeah. of peter parker is the character not the color of his skin yeah all he's saying is that it's not ultimate spider-man like yeah. that that's because not... people is your, does your mom know who Miles Morales is? Hell no. Exactly. So you can't have Miles Morales be Especially Spider-Man. because if they do it right, they're not going to tell an origin story, so you need it to be Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. He Otherwise, confirmed that, too, that yeah. it's not going to be an origin story. Right. So if there's not going to be an origin story, then you need that kid to be able to show up 
and say, hey, I'm Spider-Man. And for you to immediately know, oh, that's Spider-Man. Like, you, you, you can't be confusing to anybody. Exactly. And the kids that they're um, testing, that I heard they are, is like that uh, Asia Butterfield who did, who's in Ender's Game. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think he's fine. Sure. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. If it's Donald Glover, who cares? It's fine. Seems great. But they're going younger, so I don't think it'd be Donald Glover. It's not Donald Glover. So, but if they find another African-American actor who's great, great. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter who Peter, what color Peter Parker's skin is. Especially because there's a good chance in the Avengers movie he's not going to take his mask off. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are probably not going to see Peter Parker in that movie. Yeah. So. So, it's just funny that that say, creates... Yeah. Uh, fever among, I guess you. Yeah, no, nah, I, I, I take that back. You will see Peter Parker in Civil War. Oh, you so, have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think they're going to do that story? Do you think they're going to have him unmask? Um, no, I don't think they're going to have him unmask. But I think you you have to um, you have to uh, have switch sides. No, no, you have to show like a a a scene where he's home and and dealing with the the idea of whether or not he shows you like reveals who he is. I was reading an, I was reading an interesting article with um, Robert Downey Jr. and they asked him about it because he's doing, and he said, "Yeah, it's going to be fun because you know Peter Parker is going to look up to Tony Stark because Peter Parker's a scientist, right? And so that, but he's also going to not agree with him. So that Robert Downey Jr. knows that little bit mm-hmm. makes me think that yeah, Pete might start on Iron Man side like in the comics, uh-huh. and then realize that it's morally wrong and flip sides. And if you've never Read Civil War. You should really read it. It's yeah. a great little story. And that's I, I, I guess I guess I should say uh, that might happen. But I'm just saying if you were gonna have like Peter, Spider Man can't just show up in a fight scene. Like yeah. like the truth is his that character is really useful in that story as Peter Parker and not just as Spider Man. Um, yeah. In fact, arguably more as Peter Parker than Spider Man. You know, so. you could it'd be a it'd be a great scene if. I don't know, Pete gets dropped off from the school bus and he's walking to Aunt May's house and Tony Stark shows up in the Iron Man outfit and he's like, I've been watching you. <laughs> and he says, oh. I need you for blah, 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 blah. And that's yeah. how he recruits him. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Because, you know, Tony Stark probably has the technology to do it. Oh, yeah. Tony Stark knows. Yeah, yeah. That'd be well, sweet. especially if you, were, if you were Tony Stark and you had a whole bunch of money and you wanted to register all of the superheroes, you would probably spend some money on technology to try and track down some of those mm-hmm. people and using cameras to figure out where Spider-Man goes after he fights dudes is probably not that hard. Yep. Like he's not Dr. Strange. He can't magically disappear. That starts filming soon too. Yeah. That's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. A horror comic starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Directed by Scott Derrickson. Oscar nominated Benedict Cumberbatch in a Marvel movie. Just saying. Just Another saying. one of my favorite directors just making that transition. Hey, remember when, uh, remember when the Robert Redford was in a, Marvel movie. Yep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Cool. What do you want to do next? Uh, let's do what we've been watching. Cool. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, either way. This is going to be a long one, so. Cool. Um, I, I know I know one of yours that you've... Yeah, you wanted to talk about? <laughs> if you, you can go first. It's fine. Because I know you, you have mm-hmm. like a series end. Oh, you want to do that? Sure. Yeah. Oh, what did you want to talk about first? Uh, I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say Daredevil since we both have watched oh, Daredevil. Oh, we can do that but, too. Um, no, yeah. So Justified uh, ended this week. Yeah, I thought Justified would be more important to you. Um, I almost didn't get a chance to see it because I, really? I was out of town and I was I was going to usually I, I watch it on Sunday nights with my folks. Mm-hmm. So I almost didn't see it this week and was going to say like, you know, I was going to start the show with like, don't you fucking say a word. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm really satisfied with the ending. Um, uh, I will tell you, I've I've only seen the first two seasons because you let me borrow them. Yeah. Um, I was reading IGN and I didn't read the review because I don't want it to be spoiled for me. Yeah. But they gave it a ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, it's it's exactly what I would have wanted out of that show. They don't they don't try to make the ending big and epic in a way that that would have felt really forced. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do. They tell the story. I don't want to give anything away because I think it is really well done. Um, they they tie up enough of the loose ends that you you remember a lot of the reasons why you really loved that mm-hmm. story and those characters, and they pay homage to a lot of the things I love. Um, you know, I've I've said many times that the the moment that I knew I loved that show is at the the very last scene of the first episode when he's on the porch with his wife and Love she says scene. yeah and she says to him you're the most you're, uh, you're the angriest man I've ever known um, and that is tonally something that sets that whole six show seasons off or yeah five? six seasons so this is the end of season six um, and they they call back to that um, they call back to the very first scene of the show. Um, Oh yeah, uh, not in a very direct way, but they they bring that character back to that idea awesome. um, and return to that sort of moment of like, you know, whether or not something's justified. Ooh, um, look what you just did! Yeah, well, that, it's what the show does. It's why the show is called what it's called. Um, so let me ask you a question: Do you think shows benefit like Justified only being twelve episodes a season? Uh, it, de- it depends on the show. I. I'm really getting used to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think especially as we move into a world where uh, where you have more shows like Netflix has them where they basically release them when they are done. Like they make a season when they feel like it. Uh, I think it's great. It's the way that it's the way BC, the, that like the BBC works where they make a season and then they, they shoot the next season when it's available and they air it when it's available. And, mm. um, uh, and I don't know that you couldn't do that with a 24 episode season, but I think it, it certainly becomes harder because you're basically working all year yeah, round. Six months. Um, yeah, it sort of depends on what the show is. If it's a, if it's a comedy, then yeah, make 24 episodes, like, you know, a little 30 minute comedy, like why not? Um, but I have been finding that I really like the shows with a more confined arc that, you know, it, it's one of the things that I always felt like just uh, sorry, it's one of the things I always felt like 24 suffered from mm-hmm. where you have this story that you're trying to sell in a season but you have to fill 24 hours of of the show. Yeah. Um and so there, that's why I would always like fall off when I would watch a season is that there would be subplots or things like that that I just didn't care as much about. You know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. like, you know, his daughter's running away from cougars and you're just like, <laughs> "Really? Like maybe 12 episodes is enough." Um and uh but in this case, and, and Justified's like 13, but, you know, still. Um, for for Justified, I think it's perfect because you, it's a show that has its episodic episodes. It's got its, you know, especially if you go back into the first four seasons, um, there are a lot of episodes where it's like, hey, this guy's, you know, stealing Nazi paintings yeah. from people and this woman maybe killed her husband. And, like, there's a lot of, like, just a little one-off mysteries um, but then there's the whole season long yeah, story. That's what I noticed about justified. They have those, you know, one off stories, but they're still crucial to the arc right. of the season. Right. Yeah. There's usually like, there's usually one of the characters is doing something that has to do with the main story. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're following Boyd and Boyd's story is the season long story, but each episode 
maybe Raylan runs into Boyd. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Raylan just is trying to solve some other mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always have that momentum moving you week to week. But, it, you know, it, in that one week, you have one, you know, pretty cool little story. Uh, in the last two seasons, they they got a little further away from that, certainly in season f- six. Season six is basically one story. Um, early on, there's a couple of little one-off episodes, but um, especially because they have Sam Elliott come in and play this new bad guy. Is, he a, is he a cowboy? Um, no. Really? I always no. picture him as a cowboy. No, he's a, he's a weed-selling, like... Gangster guy with a cool voice with a really cool voice shaves his mustache. No mustache. Yep, no mustache. That'd be um, weird. Yeah, and it's like you without a beard. It's him and uh, uh, Mary Steenburgen, um, oh, wow. and they're in love, and they are both really horrible, dangerous people. Um, and their story, man. Even the last, it's not even just the finale. The last, I'd say, five episodes. Every episode had a it had an awesome moment. Um, even some of the little like side villains have some really there's a scene with win duffy in in wins um uh like winnebago that's one of the coolest most memorable scenes in the whole show and that character always had really great moments he's the character that uh i think in season three um raylan beats him up and then takes a bullet out of his gun and throws it at him and says do this again and the next one's coming faster (laughs) (laughs) um and it's just like a lovable character and then has this unbelievably gruesome awesome scene in his winnebago that's just really memorable um but yeah the series finale is exactly what i wanted that show i can i can put the whole set on my on my shelf and and know that Honestly, I would say 98% of the episodes are super solid. Hmm. I could count on one hand the number of times where I've been like, "Eh, I didn't like that one as much. Um, It's really an awesome, awesome show. So um, sad to see it go, in all honesty. But, you know, do you think that it went at the right time, though, when it's really great? Oh, absolutely. If they had had to go two more seasons, I mean, they they would have just been retreading a lot of the same ground. Yeah. you know, you can only have your bad guy go back and forth on being good and evil so many times. Um, and honestly, they've killed everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sweet. My, my dad and I were talking about it afterwards, and he was like, oh, they can do a spinoff where they can get the Dixie Mafia. And I was like, no, they killed the Dixie Mafia in season four. <laughs> like, everybody is dead. <laughs> the only people left are Boyd and Raylan. So, you know, when the show ends... <laughs> You don't have anybody else. So um, they they tell a really, really neat story. And um, there's even a thing that they reveal right there at the end that redefines those last five episodes or so. Because there's mm. a character who makes some decisions. And then at the very end, you find something out. You're like, oh, that's why that character was doing that. And it it's really a neat, well-written ending to a great show. So totally recommend it. Um I want to. I'm going to burn through a couple of things and then get to the the two things I really want to talk about, which is, um, I I caught I've caught up on the newest or the the last season of Louis that's on Netflix right now. Amazing show, like still just genius. Um, it can go from being really funny to really serious in an yeah. like in an incredible way. Um, the one that stands out is there is this, uh, he there's this episode where there's like a ten minute sequence where this he sort of goes on this date with this girl and then she ends up basically yelling at him 
about like how unfair it is for her, like fat girls in in like the dating scene, and it's just it's a really well written, amazing little sequence. I heard about um, that. Oh, did you really? Yeah, it was last season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like the most. On- I think Entertainment Weekly said it's the most honest scene ever put on television. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. It Stuff was like so that. smart. It was one where I was like laying in bed, like playing on my PS Vita, and I was like getting ready to fall asleep. And that scene happened. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like I just couldn't not look away. I couldn't look away. Um, so been catching up on that. Uh, I don't even think I talk about the fact that I finished Eastbound and Downed. No, um, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, I finished <laughs> it weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Great show. Yeah. Really love it. Probably, probably going to go back and rewatch it. three where he thought he died. Oh, my gosh. But then he shows up and everyone's pissed off at him. He oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. Um, it's just a really fun show. It is. It's, it's just light and I could throw it on goofy. the time. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to have to just buy the Blu-rays or something like that. Yeah. So that I keep on waiting for them in. to go down in price. I think yeah. they're like – I mean – I know it's not that much, but they're like twenty four ninety nine. Yeah. But when I can watch it for free on Prime all the time, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But when they drop in, they're like 10 bucks a season? Totally. They're mine. Yeah. Um, so before we talk about Daredevil, uh, I watched the I watched the Jinx, which is an HBO... Um, I heard about that. ...miniseries. Um, yeah. How... About so, a guy who... Like a rich guy who killed people, they said it was self-defense or something? Yeah. So... Basically, it's about Robert Durst, who his wife went missing in 1982, and then in 2005, no, 2001, I think, um, like November 2001, um, they he was in he was in court for um, basically murdering his next door neighbor, um, and he he shot him and then chopped up the body and put the body parts in bags and tried to like just hide them in the ocean. But they all floated up, and that's how they came and found him. And he was like, well, no, the guy came over, and we wrestled, and he got shot. And then, because I'm Robert Durst, I and everybody thinks I killed my wife, like, I wanted to hide the body. And so they – and I agree with them. The, they did not prove that it wasn't self-defense because they couldn't. So he got away because hmm. it was in Texas where that's okay. <laughs> um, and – then in oh and then there's another murder which i believe is before that one if i'm right it's in the, like the in in the 90s um that he was not even suspected of it was just like this woman who was maybe about to come forward about some things about his wife all of a sudden gets maybe murdered by the mob um and so it's this documentary where uh basically um Shoot, I wish I could remember the director's name. Anyway, the director made a movie uh, a couple of years ago with um, Ryan Gosling and uh, Reese Witherspoon that's based, that's loosely based on Robert Durst's story. And Robert Durst called the director and was like, hey, I think I should do an interview with you. And the guy was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so the, it's a six-part documentary on HBO. It's on HBO Go. You can watch it now. Um, and... The whole thing runs through basically the story of the different things he was accused of, the story of how he got away with it or how he, you know, how the how the trials went, um, while you are also seeing bits of these interviews that they did with Robert Durst. So I watched, I was told on Saturday, like, oh, you really need to watch this. So Sunday after church, I start watching them. <laughs> I watch like four episodes of this Sorry, thing. Sorry, I just thought it was funny. The, the I mean, right. Going yes. to church and then going I went to, to church and then I was like, I'm going to go home and watch this crazy thing about this guy who kills people. 
Um, Allegedly. And so j- just be warned, it's it's real life, so I'm kind of going to spoil some of this stuff. Uh, I will say you should go watch... No, I won't say you should go watch The Jinx. I will say The Jinx is really, really well made. It will probably win some Oscars or something. Mm. It's really brilliant. Um, if you are interested in it, you should watch it, but know that it is extremely unsettling. Uh, do not watch it right before you go to sleep like I did. <laughs> I wouldn't even say you should watch it all at once like I did. I would say you should maybe force yourself to watch it one month at a time. Um <laughs> Because it's just really, it gets into your head. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story of what happened to me. So I watched four episodes, and then I have to have, go have dinner with my parents. And I, I told them when I went to dinner with them, I was like, I almost called you and said I couldn't go to dinner because episode four ends with um, the, the guy sitting there, and they take a break in the interview, and he leaves the mic on, and he's like talking to himself, and he's like, well, you know, and they had just been talking about whether he really told the truth on the stand. And he says, he's mumbling to himself. And he sort of says, like, well, you know, I mean, I, I told the truth. I, I didn't tell the whole truth. I mean, nobody tells the whole truth. I mean, I made mistakes, but nobody tells the whole truth. And then his lawyer comes over and goes, they heard everything you said. Your mic is still on. And I don't, that's when they go to credits. I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I can't stop watching now. Um, so I came home after I had dinner and watched the last two and stayed up late before I went to bed because I was like, I can't not know. I have to know. That was a bad idea. Um, cause t- t- fuck. Like if you haven't actually heard about this story, um, guy killed some people and got away with it for 35 years. And this documentary is awesome because it actually in, in the course of doing the documentary, they found the evidence to prove it. Um, and so that's the story worth telling. Hmm. Um, it's totally worth checking out because you get to watch them, discover the evidence to prove that this guy did it. And he's in jail now. Um, they arrested him on the day that they, uh, from what I read online on the day that they aired the last episode, they arrested him because honestly he would have fled because the things that they reveal in that last episode make it really, really obvious that he Mm. totally did it. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil the very end though. If you go online, you can have it spoiled for you. Um, I will say that a miraculous, unbelievable and super disturbing thing happens in the last 10 seconds that, and then they go to credits that has to be seen to be believed. Um, it's crazy and awesome and amazing television. Um, so yeah, it's, it's worth checking out. That's awesome. I Except have, for the fact that it's disturbing as shit. HBO was part of my Comcast package. So yeah, so you've got, demand, you've got so. go. So yeah, check it out Yeah, for sure. Um, so then the very last thing is daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil. Yeah, sorry, I don't no, mean to be right. nitpicky. Um, uh, yeah, Daredevil's awesome, <laughs> right? So I'm almost finished with season with episode six. Okay. So are there twelve, thirteen, or twelve? I don't remember. Okay. So I'm not all the way through. So I know you you finished it, right? Yeah, I I had to for some reason I couldn't sleep at all this week. I don't yeah. know as weird. And so there's one night I started Daredevil, and I think it was Sunday. Um, and Laura was at work Yeah, and my son is starting to teeth. So he's kind of grumpy Yeah, I mean, it's not his fault. So he was always, uh, just kind of restless in his sleep and he started crying and I couldn't put him back down. So I just picked him up and he fell asleep in my arms. And every time I went to put him down, he'd wake up. Yeah. So I was like, Oh man, I feel bad. So I just put on daredevil Yeah, and I watched seven episodes <laughs> <laughs> because, <sighs> 
here's what's cool about this show is they allow i've never watched a superhero show or movie where they let the origin breathe so much oh it's insane and you don't care that he doesn't get the red costume nope not at all because again he's not defined by it but they you know i mean i'm six episodes in and he's still not daredevil yeah I mean, he gets it eventually. I mean, that's not spoilers. Oh, I think sure. they've released no. the pictures. Yeah, they have. Um, but, you know, it, it just starts, he's just a guy trying to make a difference. Yeah. And, and he's, know, he's got the superpower kind of thing. But, yeah. Um, that they don't spend too much time on. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they do eventually, but. Yeah, they eventually, do they do, they do it a lot? Because I just saw the first time that they show you his not vision. really. Okay. Because I even, I texted a friend of mine when we were talking about it, and I was like, I'm so glad that they're not doing Daredevil vision. Like, they underplay his superpowers in the best ways. Um, yep. Like, I mean, it's just the way they represent it makes it feel really cool. And I think what's cool about it too is when he's fighting, you can you get a sense that he can't totally see what's going on. Right. You know, he's not. He doesn't always make the the right move. Yeah. He doesn't always punch the right thing um, or hit the right way. But it's just really well done. And I remember talking about when I saw the first teaser. I'm like, I don't know about this. The production value doesn't look that good. But then as I watch. The actual show, it looks great. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the production values are why the... Well, not why, but it's a part of why the show is so good. I mean, that... The, the action scenes in that show are awesome. Well, like, yeah. Some of the best I have seen. Well, the one that everyone talks about is in episode two. Yeah. Where he goes to get that kid. Yep. And he's in a hallway, and he's just going in and out of doors and beating up. And it's a five-minute one-take? Yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. It's so cool. Um, And just the fact that they would be that ballsy with a show like this is... Is really cool, and like, I'll be honest. It bes- shows that they care. Besides Arrested Development, it's the only show that's a Netflix original that I've watched. Um, I've been watching a lot of House of Cards, I'm trying to catch up on it and finish it. Um, and I really, I like that show, um, but I don't. I have a hard time with it because I don't like any of the people. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm just interested in the story. Um, but this, they, they are doing an amazing job. Yeah, because um, they even make. What they did so well, too, is his dad's character in it, where in the comics and even in the Affleck movie, you know, they kind of just glaze over it. Yeah. In this one, you actually, you know, feel bad for his dad, and he's just trying to make a difference. It was just... And when he dies, it's really heartbreaking, and... So, I would argue... Look, they do an amazing job with all the characters in the show. Foggy, for example, is, like, really fun, and I really enjoy that character, um, but I would argue that the the thing that overshadows everybody else for me is I think that their their portrayal of Wilson Fisk is oh yeah maybe the best version of a Marvel villain I've ever seen like it's it's certainly up there for he's, me he's good yeah like I you know honestly I'd love to see that Wilson Fisk take on Spider Man yeah like that Wilson Fisk is cool and scary and relatable in a way that I've never seen the Kingpin. Um, like well, you go back to, you go back to how corny he was like in the cartoon shows. See, that stuff. was always the Kingpin for me. Was that cartoon? Right. right. Me too. <laughs> Cause he's that he had like, an English accent. And, yeah. And, but um, then when you see Vincent D'Onofrio, you're like, Oh, this is how the Kingpin should be. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in like episode four when he just wants to go on a date with his art lady that I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. I love this character. And that's like, why I think this, format works so well yeah you could never tell that story in a movie no no uh, i mean i will i would argue with you that or i'm not with you but i would argue that that this show is is making me feel like 
movies are actually the wrong medium for superheroes. <laughs> like as awesome as all the Marvel movies have been, like I want to see a Spider-Man show like this and I want to see a I want to see an Iron Man show and a Captain America. Oh my gosh, can you imagine what like a Captain America <laughs> World War II show would be? Holy shit, it would be amazing. Yeah, it would um, be amazing. The only bummer is is those characters are so A-list that they would never Sure, but that show would be amazing. <laughs> would be. Like, those would be the best shows on television. And who um, knows? Maybe when this, when Phase Three is over, they'll because they're going to integrate new yeah. Avengers. Maybe they'll start putting Captain America in these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you if you do lose Cap um, or you lose that actor. Yeah, I mean, go get go get a, a smaller time actor, somebody cheaper, and go make like a World War Two. Cap and Bucky show, right? That would be sweet. It'd be amazing, especially with how much people really loved Agent Carter. Um, I mean, this show is... It's better than Agent Carter or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. easily. Um, It's just... Yeah. And and I've never really cared that much for Daredevil. Mm -mm. Like, it's been interesting, but nobody ever convinced me that he was cool. I am this show absolutely convinces you that Daredevil is an awesome character and here's Um, the thing too is I never um had a problem with uh the Affleck Daredevil like everybody else did eh. I mean it's an okay movie but this now that I see this TV show I'm like yeah fuck that movie (laughs) right yeah um yeah I I went and saw Daredevil in theaters and me too was not a fan but um it was funny there was I, I don't know why I watched it. I think because I, I watched it because I hadn't seen that movie in so long, but they did one of those honest trailers this week for that movie, um, which is those, it's that horrible video series. It's one of those ones where they just get on there and sort of, and bash movies that are good uh, or even movies that aren't, but just popular movies. Um, and, and they're very upfront about it too. Cause like the, the very beginning of this is like, it's one of those ones where they pop up and there's like, here's all the YouTube comments of people asking them to do this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're all people saying like, dude, Daredevil, that movie's so stupid. Like, f- fuck you. <laughs> like, okay, great. You want just more hate on the internet. Um, but so I watched it just cause I was like, oh yeah, Daredevil, man, I gotta, I remember very little about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a joke in there about like, oh, it was made during the time when superhero movies all had really bad CGI in them. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a, like they <laughs> they do. There is way too much CGI in that one by comparison to this show where there's like none, which is yeah. really what you want. I think that's why it's successful as being gritty. Yeah. Not just for the sake of being gritty, but you feel the fights, yeah. you know, because Daredevil gets his ass kicked. Oh, hell yeah. You know, so like a lot. Yeah. And he gets shot and. It's gruesome. It is. It's funny because after the second episode, or no, during the second episode, I texted my texted my mom and was like, "Hey, you guys need to watch Daredevil. It's on Netflix." Uh, but then as I've watched more and more of it, I'm like, "Oh, they're going to come back to me and be like, this is really violent." Well, it was interesting um, too because you know I felt the same way. I was, I think it's the first episode where Karen takes off her blouse and you can see like boob. Yeah, I was like, whoa. And I looked at my because I watch it through my Wii U and the Wii U has little descriptions on it. And it's TVMA. Yeah. And so I, I said, all right, cool. Them making a rated R show for, yep. you know, for superhero kids. Uh, and Stephen DeKnight uh, was the writer of the first episode, and he did a lot of Angel and Spartacus really? and things like that. So Oh, cool. He's, uh, he's a cool TV guy. Very cool. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I haven't looked at... Who did any of the... Who directed the first episode? Um... 
I forget. I think it's somebody. But actually, I was looking through the credits. You know who one of the writers is? Uh, I know Jeff Loeb's one of the producers. Christos Gage. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. And no, he, you, who you tweeted about yeah, it this week. I tweeted about it, and he <sighs> and he said, thanks, I'll keep up the good work. Yeah, it was, one, it was actually one of the things that made me go home and watch it like that day really? was because you had said that, and I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> Christos Gage is on this. Oh, man. Yeah, and I just happened to see him, and it's funny. I saw it. I was just watching the credits, and there he was, story editor. And, oh, oh, makes sense. He's a great dude. writer. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and those – yeah, um, Shoot, what's her name? Debrand, uh, Debrand Wall, who plays Karen, is really like yeah. she's fun. I like her. I looked her um, up because I swore I saw her before, but I don't think I have. I she was in True Blood. I don't. I've mm-hmm. never really watched True Blood, so I could give you. Uh, I'd give you season one and two. I own season one and two, um, which are in f- for my money the only seasons of that show that exist. Because mm-hmm. um, th- those first two seasons are great, and the uh, her character in that show is really good. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, she plays a. She gets turned young and as a virgin and has a really heartbreaking story um and it's it's pretty awesome so um yeah yeah she's good so um yeah i'm I'm gonna keep watching that thing (laughs) because i'll probably end up talking about it next week too because i really like blu-ray i will own (sighs) yeah yeah even even though it's just on netflix yeah yeah, but i want to hear commentaries and i want to see how they pulled some stuff off yeah and i want to see it in like the high def yep. you know like really looking nice yeah not 720 i want to see it 1080 yeah that's true like like house of cards i will just always have on on netflix whereas this is one that yeah i probably will but will buy like that man it's so good cool uh this week i finally finished hannibal awesome um, season two uh it you know i've i think i texted you this week about how i started yes. watching tv shows yeah uh, for some reason i couldn't focus on movies this week I, I, sometimes i go through those phases yeah um i did towards the end of the week but uh hannibal season two is great uh, it's such a polished show i in fact when i watch it on blu-ray i'm, I'm marveled how beautifully it's shot mm-hmm. it's shot like a movie um and it's funny we were and, t- and not that expensive like it's because it's all in in the same sets like yeah. it's not a real expensive show but they they get the most out of what they have. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking to people. Uh, I think I was on their show a couple weeks ago. I said, I would just sit there and watch therapy sessions of this mm-hmm. show without seeing season two. And there's some great therapy sessions in this one. Yep. Because um, I don't want to. I hate spoiling shows like this. Um, I mean, we can talk about the fact that, like, you know, Will, well, yeah, Will, th- Will Graham knows who Hannibal is. Yeah, he knows who Hannibal still... is. And he's obviously because you can tell by the cover art that people think that will is a chesapeake ripper right so he is in jail and he's going on trial which what happens to the judges you know <laughs> and, uh, yep <laughs> uh, so in it he's trying to prove that he he's not crazy and what was great about the first season is they kept on setting up that maybe will is crazy even though you know hannibal lecter is a killer yeah there is a shred of doubt that like, did will kill people too yeah because he's so unhinged and so uh, the first third of it is him still incarcerated and going through the trial and then the middle and part he's, he's still trying to sort of put it together too exactly like, i mean he knows that hannibal's involved but like he's trying to get his sanity back exactly so he's in you know the trial then the trial ends in a mistrial because of the judge because of television show yeah and so <laughs> because the, they need another episode but then the middle part is those therapy sessions with lector yeah and it's just great because will's trying to He's trying to figure out more about Hannibal, and Hannibal is such a smart man that 
I can't. You just have to see these scenes because I love them. Yeah, I could. I would take a Blu-ray that just had the therapy sessions from all the Hannibal episodes, and I just watch them. Yep. Even with the Gillian Anderson ones with yeah. Hannibal Lecter, because those ones are. There's that one at the end of season one that's like so chilling. Yeah, and she shows up again. But there, I just this show is really well done. Yeah, it's is a show I should probably own because I love horror. And I love how well the show is done. Um, and every time I watch it, I'm so surprised you like the show. Yeah. Because there's some, there's someone who gets their face eaten in this episode. No, not just face eaten. Eats his face. I mean, because if you've seen Hannibal the movie, like you knew this was going to happen. But like, yeah, the guy eats his face and yep. you watch it and yep. it's fucked. And um, every time I, there's gruesome things and. Oh, wow, I can't believe James loves this show and he's recommending it to me and I'm, you know, the gruesome person right. on this podcast. <laughs> so it trips me out every time. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, every episode. I'm like, it's, why the fuck does James like this? <laughs> I don't know. There's there there must be like a um a disturbed streak in me somewhere. Um I especially guess. this week I've certainly felt it, but um, oh, dude, I was this week, man. Yeah. Um because between like the jinx and then you watching Hannibal and then us watching True Story this week, like it's been it's, it's been not a been rough a week. week. <laughs> no, um, um, so I won't spoil more of Hannibal, but it takes a lot of turns. Mm-hmm. And what I loved is the last episode doesn't actually resolve very much. Nope, it makes it more ambiguous, and it gives you it makes you want to see what happens next. Yeah. So the, it's really good that the show got picked up for a third season because yeah, oh, if it didn't, I'd been pissed. Yeah, I mean honestly, if it didn't, on, the only res, like uh, option you would have is to just go watch Red Dragon and yeah, then Silence of the Lambs and then like be like, well, I guess, I guess that's what happens. But that's pretty ballsy by the people who made the show, knowing that they'd get another season because uh-huh. its viewership actually went up last season, yeah. but it's still not like great viewership. No, but. But it's a cheap show, and it's a, I mean it's cool because it's the first time that um, uh, Brian Fuller has gotten a show past season two, um, which is too bad because for my money every season, every show he's made has been great. Um, so yeah, and it's it, it's interesting because NBC is usually the ones who pull the trigger so fast too yeah. of something not working. Yeah, but they obviously know that they have a quality show here, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, if NBC didn't pick that show up, someone would have picked that show up. Yeah, I think so. I think I think this is one that if I were Netflix, I'd be watching and hoping oh, N- yeah. NBC canceled it. Oh yeah, because Netflix could take this thing and oh, and, and then blow they could put up. all the episodes on and then start their oh they oh yeah they'd be right? stupid not to right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely pick up Hannibal. Um. And just watch it for the performances. The the gore is cool, but the performances yeah. elevate. No, it's Hugh elevate. Darcy and and Mads Mikkelsen that make that show. Oh yeah, uh, and even Lawrence Fishburne. Like Lawrence yeah. Fishburne in that season is awesome. Yeah, because he's toned down. He's yeah. not his trying to be crazy Lawrence Fishburne, right? You know, where, like in Predators or something. Yeah, and oh man, that that scene at the beginning, the opening sequence of that season is yep. awesome. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, that's great. They and that's such a cool st- story element that i i call it the jj abrams mm-hmm. where they give you the end right at the beginning but it's at the beginning of the season yeah <laughs> it's, so you have to like wait a long six time. or seven episodes before yeah but uh, I, I call that the jj abrams is it do you see in the first one in that first clip do you see him throwing himself against the door because that's like that image of hannibal like wheeling back running and throwing himself into the air against that door is chilling to me Man, um, i don't remember Ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it again because you know I watched 13 episodes in two days, so so they all run together. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's so ruthless. It is. Oh, man, I love that character so much. Do you think Lawrence Fisherman's going to come back? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <Maybe>. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, on, I think yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, so, because I watched Hannibal and Daredevil to a lesser extent, because Daredevil's least fun, um, I... I I was like, man, I'm watching so much downer stuff. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I watched was Drive Angry, which is um, a shitty Nicolas Cage movie. But I own it because I rented it at Redbox when it came out, I think 2011 and, or something like that. Todd Farmer, who wrote it, wrote Jason X. So, mm. And he, he has fun with anything he writes. So yeah. even my Bloody Valentine 3D was fun. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. And it's stupid. <laughs> But for some part of me, I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, Billy Burke's in it as an evil preacher. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty evil in it. Oh, shit. He has, like, long nails. and uh, So let me tell you the story of Drive Angry. Oh, I love Billy Burke. So in it, Nicolas Cage is a guy who escaped from hell in a cool car. Of course he is. And he's trying to save his granddaughter, who's a little baby, who was kidnapped by Billy Burke's crazy armageddon devil worshipers and they're trying to bring the end of the world is this really what the movie yeah, holy shit. About and uh he so nicholas cage is going across the country to starts in colorado and he's he picks up um amanda heard at a diner as, as you would yeah and that lady who plays kenny powers wife is in there oh really yeah and she tries to get Nicholas Cage in bed, and she doesn't. Nicholas Cage is too busy. No, he's got Amber Heard. Yeah, well, he doesn't hook up with Amber Heard. In fact, uh, after they make it to Oklahoma, they go into a bar with Kyle Gass from Tenacious D, his right. bartender, and in it, the waitress wants to sleep with him, and so she's like fucking him, and he doesn't take off his shirt or his pants, and she's like fucking him, and then all these guys from Billy Burke's. Uh, Colt, I think. I don't even know who these guys are. I forget. And I watched a movie like four days ago. Break into the hotel room and he's like shooting them all while he's still fucking the girl. And yeah. And David Finchner plays a guy called the accountant who you think's the devil, but he's actually um, his name's account because he's he accounts for all the souls in hell. And Nicolas Cage broke out. So he's trying to track him down to bring him back. Cool. Until he finds out what Billy Burke's cult's going to do, and then he lets Nicolas Cage go to work. Oh, oh wait, I just spoiled the twist at the halfway point in the movie. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, and there's all these stupid rules um, that don't make any sense. Oh. Um, it's over-the-top violence, and at the end, when Nicolas Cage kills everybody, and you think... <laughs> he- <laughs> yeah. At the end, when Nicolas Cage kills everybody... No, I'll tell you this: how silly this is. So he shoots... He has this gun... That he shoots, and it's a gun that's supposed to kill demons and angels or something. I don't know. forget what it's called. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the demon angel killer, killer gun. and <laughs> <laughs> Demon angel killer gun. And so he he kills Billy Burke. Spoilers. Is Billy Burke a demon angel? No. So it really affects him. <laughs> and <laughs> so at the end, I know spoilers, guys. Four years old. A four-year-old movie that no one gives two shits yeah, about. Yeah, that made like $12 million at the box right. office. Um, so he blows him up, and then Amanda Heard is, you know, 
Nicholas Cage is dying, and he says, even though he's already dead, and he says, oh, <laughs> take, t- take care of my, take care of my baby. And she's like, I will. And she turns back at him and David fin- um, Finchner are gone. Is that his name? Uh, David Fickner? Fickner, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy who's Shredder. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so they they disappear, and she's like, I will take care of this kid. And then she starts going back to the car. Then they cut back to Nick Cage and him, and he's saying, oh, so it's fun being dead because people can't see when you disappear. He's like, yeah. And he's drinking beer out of Billy Burke's, like, skull. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, my He's just goodness. doing it. And, yeah, that, that's the movie. He just kills a bunch of demons and stuff in it. Is you, know the, what, you know what's really sad is everything you just described describe sounds so much cooler than either of the Ghost Rider movies. Uh, and, yeah. it's, and it's kind of the same thing. Kind of the same thing, actually, yeah. That I think about it. Um, well, this one's rated R, so like the violence is really gory. Yeah. And they know what kind of movie it is. And it's the Nicolas Cage where he knows how stupid the movie is, so he's not acting well in it. Yeah, he's just chewing scenery. Just chewing scenery. <laughs> so he's not acting well in it. <laughs> uh, by comparison to all those other movies he's acted so well in in the last, like, Here's the thing with Nick years. Cage, and I this is I am a firm believer that if the movie is written well, he's yes. a good actor. No, hey, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nick Cage. If, he, if the movie is not a well-written movie, he's horrible. Yeah. There's no in-between with Nick Cage. Yeah. He's the Brett Ratner of acting. Exactly. Yeah. He brings he brings <laughs> nothing extra to it. So if it's Matchstick Men, it's awesome. If it's Con Air, it's awesome. If it's Ghost Rider, it's not awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is exactly who uh, Nick Cage is. But so, hey, for, so for Brett Ratner, if it's Red Red Dragon, it's awesome. If it's X-Men, it's not awesome. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to borrow it, I have it. it I totally those, do. It's one of those movies that... Did I think... <laughs> I think it's four dollars on Blu-ray. Did you get the one that comes with the shotgun shells? No, I didn't. Because <laughs> I, I, that one was like six dollars. <laughs> um, you were like, "That's ridiculous." That's ridiculous. Um, oh. I also just today I watched Hercules, which yeah. is a really fun Disney movie. Um, the Disney I, movie, I should say, the animated one. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I it, it's the music's so good in it when they the muses are singing their R and B gospel. That my seven-month-old son would stop and watch it as it was going on, Aww. because it's really upbeat and yeah. I mean, it's it's a normal Disney thing where a guy's trying to become a hero, right? And you know, be self, uh, not he self-sacrifices himself to be a hero. Um, but the animation's fun. All the characters in it are really fun. James Woods as Hades. Um, Tate Donovan plays Hercules. Tate Donovan's kind of a he's in a lot of things, but he's you know yeah he was really great in the new season of Twenty Four. Um, mm. And uh, Danny DeVito plays the little goat guy in it, Phil. Who else would play the little goat guy? Hey, guys. (laughs) Uh, It's just a fun movie. I I had a lot of fun watching it. I remember loving it when I was younger, 14, 16, 17 years ago. I don't remember when it came out. So younger when I was in high school. Um, But yeah, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. And, you know, I actually bought The Emperor's New Groove because you were talking about it. I haven't watched it yet, but it's sitting on my shelf. It's so Uh, good. Because this came out, I think, I think Hercules and then it was Emperor's New Groove. I think we're back to back. Probably because they kind of have the Probably same humor right. in them, where it's kind yeah. of irreverent and over the top. Yeah, and it's fun. Ugh, I love the Emperor's New Groove. So yeah, I had a lot of fun watching Hercules. Uh, but uh, the one the the best movie I saw this week is another animated film. Cool. Um, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, and it's called Song of the Sea, where it's this little Irish cartoon. Cool about a little boy and his dad and his mom, and they're about to have another baby. And when she's gonna have about to have her baby, the the opening of the movie cuts away and you find out that the mom passed away 
and that the little girl named Saoirse uh, doesn't talk. And Ben is the little boy. And before the mom left, she said, you're going to be the best big brother. And so now that his mom died and Saoirse is here, he's mean to her and doesn't have time for her. It's So it's really sad. And mm-hmm. then it plays out like a little Irish fairy tale where Saoirse is actually wears a coat and she turns into a seal. It sounds really goofy, but when you watch it, it's so beautifully animated. It's so wonderfully told. And so the rest of the time is this little, the real story is this little boy who has to learn to love his little sister and that she has this magic power that she can turn into a seal. And as the fairies in this land are being stripped of their magic because of an evil witch who doesn't believe there's any good in the land, it's really heartbreaking. And this little boy is so cute. He he wears those cardboard 3D glasses and puts on a cape when he goes looking for his sister. So he's like a little superhero. And it's hand-drawn animation. Huh. It's beautiful. It's maybe one of the best-looking hand-ma- hand-drawn animations I've ever seen. Just because it's different. Yeah. The way they made it is it's completely 2D. So it's, it's hard for me to describe it. If you look at uh, the screenshots everything's like 2d so everything's flat but it has so like the cake if you have a cake all the layers are flat and the candles are like in the foreground it's it's like all geometry and geometric and uh, it's really hard to describe you have to see it It, and on blu-ray it's stunning and i really miss hand-drawn animation and oh it's the best animated movie i've seen in a long time and i think a lot of people might balk on it because it's not the zany now where a lot of animation is oh this is a pop culture reference this is a pop culture reference this is going fast boom 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 um it's really it's not fast moving right it's just a character it's it's cute and um yeah there's little goofy parts in it you know they have to keep it lively for children but so it is for kids it is yeah but i mean i mean something that kids yeah, exactly. Age seven would, might enjoy. It, yeah, you have to be an older child because right. it deals with some heavy issues. Yeah. You know, the mother passing away. Yeah. Um, but at the end, it's so beautifully drawn and so well acted. I think uh, I think it's Brendan Gleeson plays the dad. Um, and there's this moment, I don't want to spoil the end, but it's so well drawn and the characters see what's happening so well and it's, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. And... And then there's a cute little dog in it named Q, and he it's it's funny because in it the grandmother takes the children away to live in the city because they live on this lighthouse area. Okay. And the dog runs to the edge of the dock and starts whimpering, and they're the fairies take him back to the city. And then like a minute later, the dog jumps in the water and's gonna follow him. And then on the way to the city, the little boy Ben is drawing a map to so he can run away back to his house. And it's just a really cute movie. Um, cool. I definitely think everybody should see it. Um, again, it's not going to be quick. There's not like tons of action in it. Yeah. But it's really about a story about a boy learning to love his sister and making good on the promise he made to his mother before she passed away. Oh. So it's it's a cute mo- It's a really cute movie. Um, that sounds neat. So I think everybody definitely should see Song of the Sea. It's funny that there's not like <laughs> it, we've talked about this before, but it feels like the it's a it's a shame now because they, when they make movies for kids, they make them all G or for mm-hmm. the most part G. Um, so there's, there really isn't a PG market. Um, 
So, you know, when they make a kid's movie, they make it that sort of manic because you've got to entertain mm-hmm. like four-year-olds. Um, but I mean, when I was seven and eight, I was watching movies like Batteries Not Included that were slower paced and that, you know, had a good message to mm-hmm. them and I, I had to actually follow. I wonder if there is... I wonder if there's anything like that left or if kids are at that age just jumping right into your Marvel movies and like skipping know. a lot of that stuff. I, see, here's the thing with that movie. I heard so many good things about it that it's the most I spent on a Blu-ray in a long time. Oh, yeah? It was $26. Oh, wow. I mean, and I mean, it just won't go down because it's such a small movie. Yeah. I mean, it's distributed, I think, by Universal, but it only came in like four theaters in the United States. Yeah. So they're never going to drop the price on it. Right. So I, I mean, I took a chance because of all the good things I heard about it. Right. And now I want to get the other one. I think his name's Tom Moore is the director and guy, and he made another film that's really good. Cool. So I kind of want to get that one now too. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I I think it's in the same style too. I'll show you the cover art when we're done. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah, cool. That's why I watched. So yeah, take a chance on Song of the Sea. It's funny. I just I was at this baby shower today, and I um. Right before we were leaving, uh, one of my friends was there, and he said he was like, "I have I have some, I have some beef to pick with you," um, and he's the dad of the woman, this friend of mine who's about to give birth, um, and he's like, "You didn't tell me that Cinderella was going to be so like serious," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" And he's like, well, "You said like, I mean, you said I knew the story, and but uh, I mean, you realize like I'm about to have a little girl." And then I went and saw this movie. He was like, I cried through the whole thing. And I was like, I told you you knew the story. Like, it's Cinderella. Her <laughs> parents die. Like, yeah. And he was like, no, but it's not. It's way harder. Uh, so I, I, I guess I should put, like, print a retraction that, like, hey, that Cinderella movie is really good. But if you're about to have give birth to your first daughter, maybe don't go see that movie. Because <laughs> uh, it can be really sad. Uh, but it was funny because we were talking about it. I was talking about it with my folks and my mom was like, yeah, well, you know, and then the king dies. Like there is, there's a lot of sad stuff in this movie. I was like, yeah, but it, it's Cinderella. Like yeah. you, you knew what you were, it's Cinderella. She, her whole family dies and then she's abused for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while for it to be happy ever after. Yeah. I told him, I was like, you know that in Titanic, like the, the boat sinks and, and Schindler doesn't save all the Jews. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I thought, I didn't think I had to warn you that Cinderella was sad. Hmm. Um, but it anyway, is interesting though. It was just know, funny because you were talking about that with the kids' movies and, and you know, having heavy material in it. I was like, yeah, make sure people know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny when you become a parent, you, it's different. I mean, I cried at the end of Furious 7 because Paul Walker was playing with oh, dude, I a, almost, little, I a little boy. I'm like, yeah. oh, he'll never get to play with a little boy again. <laughs> Um, CG Paul Walker will yeah. never play with a little boy again. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. <laughs> it is. Cool. So cool. what do you want to do next? <laughs> we feel like we've been on this for a while. We have, we have. I knew it was going to be long. Uh, stats. You want to do stats? Stats. Cool. This is the box office stats. Uh, the number one movie is Furious Seven again with fifty three million. I don't remember something like that. You're gonna pull it up and fact check me. Uh, and fifty nine. Oh, I was off just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It already crossed one billion like yesterday. Yeah, it's worldwide. actually the fastest movie to ever cross one billion dollars until Avengers comes out. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but the the movie we saw, Penguins of Madagascar, came in at number fifty one with mm. only nineteen thousand dollars. Nice. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's been on Blu Ray for about four weeks. So, <laughs> well, it's still in forty six theaters around the country. 
So anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> Fury Seven is going to probably be the number one movie again this week. Probably so. good for them. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, Street always wins. Uh, I think uh, our, we're going to see Ex Machina next week, right? Yeah. Cool. Because uh, that was at number 18. It's only in four theaters, but um, still, you know. I am so excited to see Ex Machina. It's not even funny. Yep. Me too. Every time I see that trailer, I'm like, oh, this is like a horror movie. Yeah. With sci-fi elements. Yeah. And I'm strangely attracted to the Ava. That's <laughs> what, that, uh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> That's what the story is. Oh, Wow. Um, it's kind of like, it reminds me of Splice, but if Splice were written by a better writer. <laughs> Alex Garland wrote 28 Days Later. And Sunshine, and you know I love Sunshine. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hey, what's coming out on Blu-ray next week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. Aw, shit. Taken, Blu-rays 1 and 2. <laughs> Taken 3 was just in theaters. Was it like, February? Yeah, no, it was like two weeks ago. I was like... <laughs> Um, well, I guess February is a month and a half ago. I guess that's true. Oh, it was January, actually. I think it was January uh, 20th. But you don't want to waste any time on, on any money on marketing. So, I think just, the cover is actually pretty sweet. It, it is. It's cooler than the movie was. <laughs> I have uh, to get it, though, to complete my Taken trilogy. Do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know what, James? That's a movie that I'll be at Trademark like five or six months down the road. It'll be seven ninety nine. Oh, then you pick it up. Yeah. yeah don't pick don't pick it up it new. Yeah. Twenty four bucks. <laughs> no. 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 I already no, spent no. twelve dollars on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like me and my Resident Evil collection. I'll continue to now that I have the first three. <laughs> I'm committed to getting the rest. I already have. I actually buy those new. Except I got that sweet steel book last time. Oh yeah. And so then I traded in <laughs> that. Is funny is the only Blu-ray I brought with me. I'm like, oh, I need- which which was it? Afterlife. Uh, yes. I, I think that means that you've bought maybe the worst Resident Evil movie twice. Yeah, I and I was going to trade I'm like, oh, I'll just get, I wanted to get a Scream Factory movie, which I got Deadly Eyes. I haven't watched yet, but I'm like, I'll just bring this in and trade it in so I get a few bucks off. They gave me four bucks for it. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Man, I can't believe I'm going to own all those movies. You should. Um, there's a movie that I've never heard of called A Girl Walks a, a Home Alone at Night. It's an Iranian vampire movie. Oh, cool. I'm kind of interested to see. It has it has like reviews that are good and that are bad. Yeah. So I'll wait. It'll probably be streaming, I'm sure. What's interesting is the cover looks exactly like the Babadook, which yeah. is really kind of Did weird. I show you the Babadook special edition I got? Uh, I saw the pictures that you put on, yeah, on Twitter, but I, I do want to take a look yeah, at it. That's sweet. Um, uh, Escape from New York is getting oh, a Blu-ray Collectors release. Edition. Yeah, that's and it's Scream a Factory. pretty neat looking cover. Yeah, it's, that's because um, Scream Factory is awesome. Yeah, look at the like, they, they neon New York. They commissioned uh, all their artwork on Collectors Editions. Yeah, oh man, uh, I'm I'm not even a big fan of this movie. I might just go ahead and pick this up because I, I haven't seen it in a while. What's really cool about Scream Factory too? I know I've said this before that they have that as a slip cover. Yeah, and then you can reverse the art on the inside, so it's the original Blu-ray or vhs art or movie poster oh man it's got the twin towers on it that's interesting um uh there is uh, the second season of the musketeers which is a bbc show mm-hmm. is out on blu-ray this week and then uh there is apparently a movie with sam worthington and jennifer aniston called cake that i've never heard of really you're, you're a jennifer was, aniston fan yeah, she was uh they said that was one of the biggest snubs in the academy award Really? They said she's really good in it. She plays a recovering alcoholic or some, or drug addict who doesn't commit suicide, and she tries to, and it's supposed to be some, like, dramedy. Then does she get into, like, Cake? Ah, hopefully. Okay. Does she get into the band Cake? 
<laughs> and sings about the distance. Uh, Selma Hayek has some movie called Everly where she holds a gun and doesn't wear clothes apparently and has tattoos on her back. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, the tagline is get out or die trying. So, Okay. Sounds like a thing. Uh, Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2 is oh, getting yeah. a Scream that, Factory that release That is my Scream Factory pre-order this week. Which, this cover is not, like, A, for it to be a double feature, that's kind of weird. Um, but then it's got, like, the big double feature thing on it, and yeah, they it's do that not a great on, cover. Yeah, they do that on lesser-known horror films, because they don't want to spend the money making collector's editions. Yeah. So what they do is they make, I have a few of them, they make them double features, and they just take the original movie poster and split it. But what's really cool is they still have interviews and commentaries on them. They just don't spend the money on the packaging. So, okay, I've never seen the Ghoulies. Uh-huh. Do they really look like um, this? Yeah, they're like little animatronic like gremlins. But they look like they basically made look like they're you know made out of the same plastic as homies. Like they're uh, yeah, man. It's like from nineteen eighty three. Holy shit! And there's one literally that is in the toilet. That's yeah, the one that's in the toilet looks like the dinosaur from Dinosaurs. <laughs> It does. Um, yeah, they're little animatronic monsters. They'll get you in the end again. Wait, so do they, what is the ghoulies? Do they hang out in your toilet and eat your butt? Uh, sure. No, they're just like little monster things that eat people. Oh, so the joke is just like they'll get you in the end and this one's in the toilet. Yeah. So they don't like live in the toilet. No. But they thought the jo- they thought that the poop joke was so good that they should well, use it twice. I mean, spoilers for the movie, that one is in the toilet at one point. For the, in the first one, in the first one, okay, yes. and then in the second one, they were just like, "Hey, hey, they're not great movies. <laughs> they're cheesy '80s animatronic little monster movies." Is it like Gremlins, but where they're actually mo- like it's not supposed to kind of be fun? Yeah, it's like campy as hell. Oh, okay, it's just silly, huh? They're movies I loved when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sure when I watch them again, I'll fucking hate them. But yeah, whatever. Um, and then I think I straight up think I might just pre-order this. Uh, there's a movie called Firewalker with Chuck Norris. <laughs> Uh, where I think he's trying to be Indiana Jones. Like, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, there's people floating. There's, like, there's like tribal dudes in the back and people swinging on ropes. Why not? And, yeah. <laughs> well, where did it come like, out? Uh, oh, I don't know. Hold on. Let that me... might tell us if it's trying to rip off Indiana Jones. I mean, just the cover itself makes me feel like it's trying to rip off Indiana Jones. Oh, man. The problem with looking at uh, these releases on Amazon is that you don't actually get the right date. So... This is going to take a second, but um, it just looks awesome. Well, it's one of those, like, it's like a knockoff Drew Struzan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, poster, too. Uh, 1986. So, yeah. So, right after Temple uh, of Doom. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it kind of looks like Temple of Doom. Okay. So, this cover on the DVD does not look anywhere near as badass. Uh, but it does have um, Chuck Norris in what looks like Western wear <laughs> with, you know, he's definitely trying to be Indiana Jones. He's got a bandana around his neck. He's got a cigar in his mouth and a machete. Sweet. And then he's hanging out with a dude with a map. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, yes, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Are you pre-ordering it right now? Uh, yeah. I think well, I am. <laughs> let me know if it's any good. How much is the Blu-ray? Uh, it's, it's $19. <laughs> so sometimes mistakes are made. Just to throw that at You know what? We're movie there. fans. Sometimes you just, hey, I, th- I've bought I, Resident I, Evil Afterlife twice. I'm just in love with the idea that Chuck Norris tried to be Indiana Jones at any time in his career. And so I need to know what the fruit of that <laughs> All right. I think the last thing is comic book. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Now, the comic book I'm going to recommend this week is going to be unusual. Okay. And people say, this is a real comic book? Yes, this is a real comic book. This is Archie versus Predator. 
And it literally is a comic with the Predator comes to Rivers Riverdale. Okay. And he kills a bunch of Archie's classmates in the first issue. Holy shit. And it's drawn by an Archie artist. So it has that cartoony Archie feel to it. Yeah. And it's gory and bloody and spines are ripped out. And here, James, I can show you the cover if you want to see it. I, I absolutely do. Yeah. Do you have it right there? That, I, this this sounds amazing. I I can't believe that they have like they've gotten into this thing where they are taking Archie and making like horror stories out of Archie. Well, Archie was relaunched last week too. You know, with Fiona Staples. No, as the artist. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, in it, um, it's bloody and it's literally a comic that Archie is going against Predator. Oh, what? So. Uh, it was funny. This is I, so cool. I went to the comic store today, and I told Andrew, I was like, hey, man, where's my Archie versus Predator? He said, oh, man, I forgot. He gave that to me. There's only one left there. So if you want Archie versus Predator, <laughs> you're going to have to get it soon. Something tells me it's not a big seller. Holy shit, they're all out there in the woods, and everybody's getting bloody and half naked, and they're running away. Oh, this is cool. Oh, oh, there's blood dripping from the trees. What's in the trees? It's the predator with some spines. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Holy and, shit. And it's done like in Archie style, so it's also oh, yeah. pretty interesting. Well, but even the predator, like the predator actually still looks like the predator. Like, yeah. It looks like the predator is invading a normal Archie comic. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. Yep, that comic actually exists. James is actually holding Archie versus Predator this in is, his hand. This is insane. Oh, oh, here they are. They're 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 sitting down having a nice uh, you know meal at the diner, and then they go into predator vision, and the the predator's targeting onto her head. Yep. <laughs> this is some shit, man. This is awesome. There you go. So if wow. you want that issue, go to Colorado Coins Cards and Comics Tuesday because they are closed Sunday and Monday. He has one issue left, sitting there waiting for someone to pick up Archie versus Predator. And the reason That's I recommend that cool. one is because it's so bizarre. Oh, yeah. That, that actually, and how great is, marketing is that? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, who's the guy who came up with that idea? I'd love to read if, I, I don't I don't remember if there's an interview in the back. I'd love to read who came up with that idea. There's not. Sorry. Oh, I just looked. But it's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. That's a good one. <laughs> so, that's the comic for this week. Uh, <laughs> I love that the, the tagline is beach games, party games, the most dangerous game. Because, <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, have you read that short story? Yes, I have. Yeah, I think that's yeah. required reading in yeah, high school. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, man. This week we went and saw True Story. True Story. James, should Sorry. people go <laughs> see True Story? <laughs> um, honestly, no. Um, I I think that the act- acting in this movie is pretty great and, and that that part is worth seeing if you are in, like, if you're interested. Um, but for me... It, there wasn't enough like they it doesn't build the tension well and in the end it ends it feels like a weak version of capote um so uh yeah i mean i i and when the credits rolled i was actually pretty disappointed and my my hopes were not like through the roof so um maybe rent it if if you're really curious but that was an interesting movie um it's a heavy movie yeah again it's you know it's another movie like oh sweet i'm watching movie about murders in that happened in real life yeah and uh but yeah the acting is really great in it it's definitely a rental i don't think you need to see it in theaters but i, I do like that james franco and jonah hill kind of took chances in it 
Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's nothing. I really like them. It's not their fault that this movie doesn't work for me. So yeah, here's here's a trailer for True Story. This is the famous Michael Fingal of the New York Times. I think after three years you can call me Mike. You gonna give yourself a day off now? I'm actually going into the office. Come home soon. I love you. This article was about saving young people's lives. You said write it up. I said write it up, not make it up. I did the best with what I had. You have a future ahead of you, Mike, but not here. You know, to be honest, I'm relieved it's over with the times. You turn into a real prick working for them. Hello? Hi, I'm a reporter with the Oregonian. I wanted to get your side on the Christian Longo story. Who? He murdered his entire family. Why are you telling me this? Because when they apprehended him, he said he was Mike Finkel of the New York Times. Did he say anything at all about why he claimed to be me? I hoped you might be able to tell me that. He was just a regular guy, an intelligent, sane man. He comes home one night and kills his wife and kids. It makes no sense. Thank you for seeing me, Mr. Long. Call me Chris. So why me? I've followed your whole career. I guess I felt like I knew you. I want to tell you my side of this. Only you. Maybe at this point it doesn't matter. The truth always matters. It always seems to matter to you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime story. Don't you see this as a second chance? You're an outcast. That's not the man I wanted to be. None of us is the man he wants to be. Hello? Jill, hey. It's nice to meet you. Chris? You know, Mike, he's been a real friend to me. I just hoped that we could be friends, too. I believe we're dealing with an exceptionally dangerous man. You had a choice of so many stories to tell, and you chose his. Actually, he picked me. He didn't pick you. He used you. We think he's part of some bigger game plan. This isn't just about me. Who, who do you have to protect? I can't say. You think he's innocent, don't you? My whole reputation's on the line. Don't give up on me. Are you really going to be the man who might set him free? No, he's not! Chris. Did you do what you're accused of doing? So True Story tells the true story about a man named Christian Longo who was accused of murdering his whole family. And he uses the name of Mike Finkel, who is a disgraced New York Times writer who fabricated a story about slaves in uganda i think it is what it was yeah someplace like that um but what he what he did is instead of making it he took all the stories and made it about one person yeah he created an amalgam of stories he had either that he had heard from other people in order to make it more effective and then they caught him yeah and they caught him so he's kind of down and out and then he finds out that this guy named christian longo who is accused of murdering his whole family has been using his name and so he doesn't understand why and he actually starts going to visit Chris Longo in Maximum Security Prison and he decides he's going to write a book about their experience and Chris's story and his Chris's only deal is don't publish the book until after the trial and it sets off this really weird relationship between the two men where you're not sure if Christian is telling the truth ever. Yeah. And he seems like a really, and this is a, actually a, this is how good Franco is. in this is he plays sinister really well. Yes. And you want to believe him, but 
you realize there's something else behind what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and in it, so he has three children that are murdered and his wife is also murdered. They're found in different locations. And when he goes to trial or the, the plea part of the trial, yeah, he pleads guilty to murdering his wife and his youngest daughter, Madison, but not murdering Zachary and Sadie who are his two older children. Right. And you're not sure why. And then it goes, it ends up going. And and I think the, actually the, there's two really effective moments in this movie. And one was when James Franco was on the stand and he was telling the story about how his wife killed his two other children. Right. And he killed his wife and his daughter. And um, so it, it was setting up that he was protecting his wife from whatever, what she did. And so, yeah, that part was really chilling to me. And I really, really love the Felicity Jones scene yes. where she confronted him in prison. That's maybe the best scene in the movie. It, like it's, 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 the, it's the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, which is sort of the shame of it is that you've got, you've got the makings of like, you've got this writer who basically thinks he has fallen into his own version of in cold blood. And then you've got this murderer who is manipulating that writer to try and learn things from the writer so he can tell a better story on the stand. Yeah. Like that, that's what's actually happening here. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a fascinating, fascinating story that is just not told very well here. I don't think so. Like it, no, it just, they get distracted by, by all the wrong things. Like there are these scenes in there. A, they, it, it breathes a lot, a little too much for me. Um, they try to build tension using the wrong thing. So like they try to build this tension about like, well, now that, you know, now that he's claiming that he's guilty for two of these murders, like, is you know is the book company gonna pull the the, yeah, the I don't grant? Care about, I don't care about that stuff. Right, and it was yeah. Like for me, I was just like, this is not that that does not build the tension and didn't make sense because honestly, I was like, he just did something really weird, and it's a true crime book. So when you gave him the advance, you knew he didn't actually know how the story was gonna end. Like <laughs> this isn't it's not rocket science. Like it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, what I the th- the scenes that I liked were when the two of them were in jail mm-hmm. talking and I knew that Franco was building this, like I knew Franco was doing something weird. Um, but they just, for me, it was just never quite strong enough. It was, was, it was never as strong as that scene with Felicity Jones. Oh no. Well, I thought it was fast. I think Franco is so great in this movie because, and Jonah Hill plays a really naive reporter yeah. where he's starting to like, you know, kind of fall for this guy. And you realize, I think the police officer told him, uh, he says, if you have something, you know, let me know, because if he gets away with this, then you're sending someone out there who's killed, you know, five people or right, four people. Four people yeah. and, um, and and it is true that he kind of fell for he's and this is how twisted this Christian Longo is, is he was able to make Mike Finkel feel sympathy for him mm-hmm. because, oh, he's dumb when actually he's really smart mm-hmm. and is yeah, just manipulating the story. And they kind of just sprinkle that through his testimony where he takes the, what Mike has taught him about telling a story. Right. And twists it around. And it's, I mean, I think it's a really fascinating story. I really do. I do too. Um, 
but yeah, it. Some of the moments they didn't need the beats in it. They didn't need because and I, I don't even know that the, I don't know that the 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 dialogue is structured well enough to to really build like that that payoff is is interesting, but it's not shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that the speech is good. But I don't know that there are enough clues or that there are enough things that he could have pulled out of it. Like, you basically needed you needed a lot more scenes of them just talking, and for that dialogue to be, for that dialogue to pop and be memorable and involve a lot more little clues and and facts that that would that he would then later shape into his story. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a shitty thing to say, but you you needed a better writer on this movie to make that whole thing tie together. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not to say that this writer is bad. Um, it's more to say that the story they're telling is really complicated and tough. Um, I don't even know that it's any, I don't even know that it's just the script. I think it's just that the story itself is really hard to pull off. And for me, it, it just never quite. That's what's worked. so weird about sometimes true crime stuff is it's so bizarre that it's almost unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and to make it work is always tough. Yeah. I, I mean, I I was uneasy at parts of the movie, especially when Franco was given his, you know, his testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did like that Felicity Jones had that moment where she saw through all his bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, and came and said, what did she say? She said she played that one symphony and she said, she was telling a story about the guy who killed his wife and then killed his newborn son. And said, you know, I hear this and I think how beautiful this music is. And, and then I hear right. about, then I think about him smashing his newborn son's head against uh crib. And it almost makes me forget it. Uh-huh. And just at that moment, it's just great yeah. because uh, Franco's character realizes that she knows what he did. Mm-hmm. And that she's smarter than. <laughs> and it's, it's fascinating because... Um, well, it, it, for me, it's one of the things that the movie sort of where the movie sort of fails is like when they get the judgment and he's guilty on all accounts. I feel like everybody else in the movie knows he's guilty, but they don't they don't make us feel that way. Like there is mm-hmm. no um, they they maybe fool us too much. And there should be that dramatic irony where he believe like he's believing, and we all know like no, you're falling for a trap. Like we should be, we should see him running into this thing. So that then, when they all find him guilty, there's a relief. But you realize, like now, he realizes that he's crazy, or 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 that he's naive. I should say. Um, so like that scene when he goes into the bathroom and he's so frustrated. For me, there's there's just nothing like. Yeah. I don't I don't relate to that scene. Like I don't understand that scene necessarily. Um, like I don't understand his frustration or his grief. Um, so the payoff for that character just is a little bit weak to me. Um, yeah. I do really like when he goes back and he has that scene where he's talking to Franco with yeah. the glass and he's yeah. like feeding. Now he's really feeding him stories. And then he just yells at him. He's like, no, they fucking don't mm-hmm. like none of those stories make sense because you're a crazy person who killed his family. Like, um, and it had is actually reminding me of the TV show Hannibal when he was talking at the book, uh, signing yeah. and you know he was thinking that christian longo was there and he wasn't i mean it wasn't as well done as hannibal stuff but yeah um but i was like, oh that's kind of a hannibal moment there yeah but like that's where it, again that's where it throws me off is i'm like okay so now you're making this movie about how 
how haunted this writer is by this guy that he knew, which is not, I don't know if that's the story that I, I don't know. It just, it was, it was too loose. I, yeah. It just doesn't. And again, it's not that I hated it. It, I, I think that the story is really good and the acting is great. And, um, a lot of it is very well shot. I just, it is less than the sum of its parts mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I think it's just the beats Yeah, that had some, d- different beats in it i mean i i still think people should rent it i don't think you have to go see it in a theater but yeah yeah it's just missing some beats because you're right the part where he's talking to the you know the hyper collins and you know they have those stupid scenes where he's trying to get a job through anybody like you really don't need those scenes you can just cut them out and say you know you could start with that ethan um serply just calling him and saying hey how do you feel about this Mm-hmm. I think because you don't need yeah, those. Yeah, you don't even whatever, need the yeah. whole thing at the beginning. Yeah, like you really don't. Like you just need. Here's this guy, and he's not a writer anymore. Um, especially because you need to build. You need to really build that friendship between them um, in the way, honestly, that you would in Capote, right? Mm-hmm. Like Capote, the whole movie is about those two characters becoming friends mm-hmm. um, for a good reason, and here. You know when the when the credits roll and the and the the text comes up and it says like, you know Longo went on to write for the New York Times and Finkel never did and then it says that they have a phone call every month and they have for the whole time he's been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize like those guys are kind of still friends, uh, and the movie that I just watched didn't tell me a story about those two characters because yeah. when it's over I'm like okay well he has no reason to go talk to this guy again. Um, I wanted I wanted to see a story where those guys became so close that even in knowing that he actually did what he did, Finkel would call once a month to see how he's doing and like mm-hmm. catch up with this friend of his, because um, that's a fascinating story. It is, you know. Um, I it's a movie that I can I can see why anybody would have picked up this script and said, "Oh, we need to make this," because the story, like on its face, is so obviously interesting um but then you sit through the movie and kind of go like okay like it just doesn't pay off for me yeah but you know there's also those harsh realities when they started showing the dead bodies of the children and and the wife and stuff and then you realize you know what kind of a monster would do it and yeah that you don't because sometimes when you're watching the movie you're like oh this christian longo guy is pretty charming and Hmm? you know seems kind of aloof and doesn't know what's going on and then you see what he did and it's it's horrible yeah yeah man can we go see some fun movies yeah i know i don't know if ex machina is gonna be that much fun or more fun but yeah but at least at least it's not in the real world yeah i need to i need to just not see people getting murdered i'm telling you that's why i watch those two cartoons yeah like so, even even the idea right now of going home and watching a couple episodes of Daredevil before I go to sleep, I'm like, uh, yep. I might need to throw in a Disney movie. Like this has been a rough week. It has been, man. What a downer week. Oh, sheesh. Uh, we've already mentioned a couple times. Next week we're seeing Ex Machina, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it looks like a fun movie, like a sci-fi yeah. horror film. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, it's getting great reviews. Yeah. And then our 200th episode is coming up. Avengers: Age of Ultron is yeah. our 200th episode, <sighs> which. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. So the summer is almost upon us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Go watch a Disney movie. Yeah. Quit listening to this sad, morose oh, shit that sheesh. we have. Seriously. Um, 
What's it? Okay. What is your favorite like sleeper Disney movie? Like not one of the big tent poles. Sleeper Disney right? movie. Not 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 Pocahontas. Not or not Pocahontas. Not not I'm Pinocchio. Not um. Honestly, I would probably have to say The Princess and the Frog. Okay. A movie you don't like. Um, the str- I don't hate. Man, you caught me off guard with that one. Yeah. It was because I was thinking about, I mean, obviously Emperor's New Groove is mine. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a, I mean, I love The Princess and the Frog, but I don't know if it's a sleeper, but Robin Hood I really love. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. I know a lot of people aren't as don't like it as much but to me that's the robin hood story i know what was it oh there was a commercial at the amc last night that played that song um oh it, it was a commercial for android yeah where they're using the robber john and robin hood right. running through the forest yeah but actually my favorite song in robin hood is actually the theme song uh the whistle yeah um yeah i love robin hood um yeah, I'd probably say The Princess and the Frog or Robin Hood. Interesting. I don't know if Robin... I, I, Robin Hood isn't, I don't think, the golden year of, of animation anymore. I know a lot of people no. aren't down with it. But um, again, to me, I, when I think of Robin Hood, I think of a fox. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's funny. That's yeah, really funny. Man, that's a great question. I don't even know what what, what my what my second one would be. Because um, a lot of the other ones that I really like are are some of the big ones, you know. Yeah, because I mean you can't say Dumbo, because that's such a classic. Yeah. But Dumbo's so great; it's so wonderfully told in sixty-two minutes. But I think it is one that people don't watch very often. Yeah. Like it's not it's not of that that golden generation when I was a kid of like The Lion King and Little Mermaid. And, oh yeah. You know. I mean, I I don't like Pocahontas. No, that movie's shit. Um, I think Treasure Planet's better than people give it credit for. Yes. Um, I don't think it's, it's not one of my favorites though. Um, I really love the great mouse detective as well. Oh yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's a cute movie. Um, Did not like El Dorado. Didn't care much for El Dorado. Um, and Mulan, I didn't care too much for. I like Mulan. I mean, it's, it's better than Pocahontas. Uh, yeah. And I I liked, I like what Disney was trying to do at that moment is they're trying to branch out and get different, um, diversity into their princesses. And that's cool. It got me at a time when I, uh, I was impressed by like some of the little things. Like I was impressed by how witty and cool she was. But I was just the right age that like a yeah. character like that would would strike. You know, like when she when she figures out how to climb the pole that nobody else can climb. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Actually, I'll give you one that is super recent, and it's the last hand drawn Disney cartoon that is. Home really, on the range. Uh, no, it's really cute and it's really charming, and it's called Winnie the Pooh. I think it came out oh, in twenty eleven. Right. That's right. And it's beautiful. And it's really cute, and it's really well done. I haven't so seen there's it. a few of them. So Winnie the Pooh is really good. Princess and the Frog, and um, yeah, there's a few of them. Cool that I love. Robin Hood. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. Pay it. I was I always loved Winnie the Pooh, so I'm gonna have to go check that one out. Yeah, I got that. Uh, I never really bought it. Um, I loved it. I saw it in theaters. I think I took Taylor to see it. I loved it in theaters, um, but it was only like 65 minutes. Hmm. And when it's on Blu-ray and it's $24, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's so well done. It's so beautifully drawn. Yeah. I, I, I was debating if I should always get it. And every time I was at a store and I saw it, I'd say, oh, I need to get that. And actually, I struggle with the same thing with the Incredibles on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Because it's always $40 no matter where you go. Yeah. Um, and so I always struggle with it. But 
uh, I do the Disney movie rewards where you get points for every Blu-ray you buy. Right. And right now, I, I got it a few months ago, but you can get Winnie the Pooh on Blu-ray on the Disney movie rewards. Oh, cool. So I got it there. I think was, it's like 1,200 points. Was Heffalump not, um, not hand-drawn? It is. Oh, okay. But this was after. It's the, it's, oh, really? Yeah, this Winnie the Pooh is the last hand-drawn animation they'll ever do. Well. Yeah, it, it is. They close that section, that whole department down, except for the Mickey Mouse shorts. Oh. Maybe some, uh, yeah, I guess if John Lasseter wasn't able to make, like, keep that going, then. Yep. Yeah. Because kids nowadays don't care. Yeah. Kids probably didn't care about it then either, to be completely honest. Like, when you were a kid, you probably weren't sitting around going, like, oh, man, hand-drawn is so much oh, yeah. better than, well, there wasn't CGI. There wasn't CGI. That's the thing. Either. Like, you you weren't looking at the art of it. Um, but, so. hey, I have movies like Song of the Sea that I can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll always be an art form, you know. Oh, um, absolutely. Because Disney still has the shorts that they do that are hand-drawn. Yeah. Feast yeah. is really cute. You've got things like, you know, um, like even with Claymation that theoretically is dead, but it's still floating out there. Well, I mean, I, I'd say Prairie Norman's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.